I used to produce movies. One critic called them European. I thought they were shit. Bullshit! We do not make B pictures here at Capitol. So it's kind of a psychic political thriller comedy with a heart. But it doesn't make any sense, okay? It's fucking stupid. Okay, there actually has to be something that happens that's actually funny. Now, what is the one thing if you put it in a movie, it'll be successful? Tits. That is funny. <laughs> I can take you through it step by step, explain why your story stinks. But I won't insult your intelligence. There ain't no goddamn taste. Ain't no goddamn motion picture. Why are you still in character? Isn't it crazy that that Ukrainian guy's name is Voldemort? Who? <laughs> the president. Isn't the president of Ukraine his name is like Voldemort? It's it. Man. <laughs> okay, so I, I I to narrate for the audience a little behind the scenes commentary. I asked you if you had a way to open the show, which I do like <laughs> more often than any like, reasonable person would, because it always goes like this. And your first offer was, would you like to know what I think about the Zulu? And we've been talking about the movie, so it wasn't clear maybe about the movie, but also that phrasing made it sound like you just met the group of people, in which case I definitely do not want a recording of your opinion on that. Why not? But moving right past that one, like getting to the B material is never a good call on anyone's part. I don't know why I let that happen. I, I've just I there was something that I thought like earlier in the week when I like when I was at school, like some kid the stupid thing. So like that would make a good anecdote to open a show with. I totally forgot it. Don't remember what it was. Nope. A teenager nope. did something stupid. I don't know. Yep. Yep. Luckily, I always have one right in the chamber. Anyway, my opinion of the Zulu is pretty cool. Well, we will put that on the leaderboards on that. (laughs) Cool people. Cool people. The Zulu, Ukrainians for naming their president Voldemort. Uh, What's it called? Uh, Russians afterwards, just to be fair. And what? Or you know what? No, Russians tied with Ukrainians. Because we're all about... Okay. Uh, well, you need to hear both sides. I need, I need to. I need to like cut you off faster because, like, at a certain point, the number of insane things that you say, like, kind of gets it accumulates to the point where I can't like chop them all down. Like, okay, do you want to hear my? You no, I do not. I don't. Where that was <laughs> no, going. no, okay. no. My fourth ethnicity. My fourth favorite ethnicity. You'll appreciate it. It's French Guatemalans. It's like one guy. Yeah, Oscar Isaac. Yeah, he's he's a pretty good guy, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd fuck him. You know, I'm not that. Yeah, wait. yeah. He's 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 man. What an interesting looking guy. Yeah. He's he's really because like because like you look at him because like I don't know. It's having this talk for the funny. Dangerous. Like you could no. you could mean you could mean he's an interesting looking guy in terms of like he's got a distinctive face and, and is attractive well there's a like pretty like an uncomfortably high percentage that you start getting into like vaguely phrenological stuff and we don't want to go there me me no, never yeah no i would never no, you no, 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 man no. who thinks that all of the people in ukraine got together and decided on the president's name apparently <laughs> yeah yeah voldemort that's his name voldemort 
Voldemort Zelensky. That's why the Russians all have those Zs. For Zelensky, they're, it's their way of saying they like him. Um, what's it called? Actually, that was a, something pretty funny I was, I was thinking about. A guy that like buys like a shirt that says Z on it for Zelensky, not understanding what the Z is. That's a good bit. Anyway, no, no, I was saying he was interesting looking because like, I don't know. And this is kind of related, kind of really not related at all. I was talking to a buddy of mine, and he was talking about how, like, you ever notice how, like, porn stars aren't hot? (laughs) You ever notice that? You mean, like, male porn stars? No, female. Well, any porn star, but particularly female porn stars. Shut the fuck up. What? What? Okay. Am no, I, is that not, wrong? We're not. We're not, not doing this. Nope, we're not doing this. Not. It's not, 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 not a conversational avenue. We're going. No. What about male porn stars? I mean, it's a very, it's a very particular. Okay, it's a, one. It's it, it's a very particular skill set that they're kind of going for there. You know that. Uh, is man, I don't like this conversation, <laughs> and it just it attracts a certain type of dude too, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Really, really, the 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 like like really skinny with just like a ten inch dick. Honestly, one of the worst trends in porn. One of the worst. Hate it so much. You see, these are these like. These like boys, basically with huge penises. Okay, all right. Welcome to. You, We're cutting this off now. Don't don't clip that. Do not clip that. No one clip that. No one clip. That. Oh no! Oh no! It's yeah. I don't know. Oh man, are you a lawyer? I know. What that? Does, is your God. you work for Dershowitz's firm? No, I would be. So much better paid. Would I? I would, right? I, I don't know, Matt. You're the lawyer, not me. But anyway. You want to talk about you want to talk about an nope, awful look. I don't person. want to talk about it. What I want to talk about is how uh, it's you're gonna hate it. That's the podcast. It's a movie podcast. We give each other movies that we think <laughs> one is going to hate. My name is yeah. Bob. His name is My- Matthew Dershowitz. Um, Really hates. He really hates well hung boys. He's on. Exactly. Yeah, he's on record there. It's a weird stand to take. I don't really feel like interrogating it myself. That is between Matt and his God and possibly law enforcement. (laughs) Anyway, join join us next month where we'll be watching the case for Israel. You know that movie? Just the worst thing you could have said. What? No, that's a Dershowitz movie. Okay. okay. All right. Anyway. Yeah. I'm showing I know a thing. My problem with Alan Dershowitz is that he's oh, Matt, really oh, busted. You're Sorry. Go. Okay. Okay. Anyway, my name's Matt. His name's Rob. The podcast is You're Going to Hate It. <laughs> you don't need... What I was... The thing that I was encouraging you to do is not to just restate everything I just said. They don't need it from your mouth, too. They already got the information. What I was trying to do is make the point that you're doing the thing that always happens when we do this over Zoom, which is that you so you feel like there's no one else in the room with you, which for most people would actually get them to be quieter, but for you makes you louder. 
you just need to fill all of the space and you just go in a million directions at once. So please remember that we're here to have a conversation that is not just a series of stray thoughts Matt is throwing against the wall. Okay. All right. I'm ready. I'm listening. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting my white ass down and I'm listening, Rob. Okay. It's still weird, but, you know, at least, uh, you know, anyway, Thank you. we're going <laughs> to dive in. I mean, you were complaining earlier about how long all of these things are, like it's my fault. (laughs) Obviously, like, I do do fucking lecture at these things, because we're on one of the handful of topics that I do, like, you know, enjoy speaking at length on, but... Still, you know, it's this is a real pot kettle situation, Matt. It oh yeah, oh yeah, no. Well, because we're, we're two very black things here. Yes. That, oh, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Kettle. Anyway, yeah. so we're just gonna move right on past all of that and get into Andrei Tarkovsky's Mirror from uh, 1976. 76. I was off by a few years this time, but. Was I right? I don't know. I used to just nope, seventy five. You're close. Nah, I'm close. Than I was. Um, although by Price is Right rules, I would take it. You win. You win. I never watched Price is Right. I had a teacher be on Price is Right, and she made us watch her episode. And I was like, I don't care. And then she got mad at me. I don't know. I I will say, having been like a real teacher for like two weeks, I will tell you. Sometimes you just don't really feel like teaching. Sometimes you're just like. <laughs> I, if if I had an episode of The Price is Right with me on it, I would probably put it on, you know? Yeah. A couple days earlier this week, or like, I had a little bit of a cold, and you know, but like not enough to like take off work. Like, like if if I had a Price is Right episode to lean on right now, I probably, yeah. you know. I'll say she was a drama teacher, though. That makes a little bit of sense, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Mirror, 1975, from the Soviet Union, directed by Andrei Tarkovsky, Roll the trailer, which I'm guessing is just, I'm, you're probably just going to hear some like weird zither music or something for a minute. I'm trying to think. That that really feels like one that is going to be like, maybe, yeah, like weird zither music with like occasionally someone in Russian saying something. Yes. So anyway, enjoy. See you on the other side. Roll the trailer. этот сон. Я привык к этому. И сосны вокруг дома моего детства. Тогда я начинаю тосковать. Я жду и не могу дождаться этого сна, в котором я опять увижу себя ребенка и снова почувствую себя счастливым от того, что еще все впереди. Еще все Oh, <laughs> 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 
Ты просто почему-то убежден, что сам факт твоего существования рядом должен всех осчастливить. Ничего, ничего. Все обойдется. Welcome back from the Zither Music. I'm proud of me or you right now. You managed to take a beat. You actually took a beat. You clearly were like okay. looking to me for like both approval and permission <laughs> to speak again, but you did the thing. So congratulations. Yes. If I had a milk bone to give you, I would give it to you electronically. Good dog. Yeah. You ever eat a milk bone? No, Matthew. I have never eaten dog food. Me neither, although my grandpa. <laughs> so, I ever told you, so my grandpa's blind. Ever tell you that? Yep. Yep. Yeah, my grandpa's blind. Uh, and for those of you that don't know, we found uh, out he was again, blind. Any any time you ask me, have I told oh, yeah. you? The answer yeah. is yes, a hundred times. Yes, yes. So many. Okay, so you know, but what they don't know is we found out my grandpa was blind. Because he got into like three car accidents in two weeks. And then they were like, oh, you can't see. And he's like, nope. And they were like, why are you driving? And then he was like, well, Marielle, that's my grandma. She doesn't really drive. So I didn't want to bother her. So, yeah, that's my grandpa, George. Um, but um, only time anyone in your family has ever said, I didn't want to bother you. <laughs> are you sure you're descended from it? Yeah, I, I am, but after the age of 10, I didn't spend a lot of time with them. So if that kind of makes sense, what's it called? They are, they they love the epic times, let me tell you. But anyway, no, uh, but so what was it? Oh, yeah, my grandpa George, yeah, so he's blind and he's just in my mouth. <laughs> just, he's like, he's like, oh, I'm hungry, right? And then she was like, oh, here, uh, there's some snacks over like there, I guess forgetting he was blind. And then, so he just like, kind of like, like went in a direction and just started eating them when my mom like turns around she's like dad you're eating dog <laughs> dog treats and he was like i thought they had a funny taste but he ate like several <laughs> my blind grandpa eating funny dog treats <laughs> oh, pretty good pretty good visual bit folks visualize a blind old french canadian man eating dog treats pretty funny Explain it again to me. I don't think I got it. So my grandpa's blind. He nope. has what's called macular degeneration. What's up? <laughs> so Andre Tarkovsky. Yes. What's it called? Speaking of human suffering. So. Different from the composer. What I found out. What composer are you thinking of? Tchaikovsky? <laughs> <laughs> remember? You don't remember this? You said, you said, you said, yeah, it's a Tarkovsky movie and I was like he made movies and you were like what and I was like I thought he was a composer and then you laughed really hard oh I forgot that one so yeah 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 well, yep that that sounds about yes yeah no, this is not a film directed by 19th century Russian composer I don't know I actually don't know Tchaikovsky's first name um 
I think it is, Andre. Is it? Is it? Is it? You have successfully distracted me. I am going to look up Tchaikovsky. All right. Piotr. Piotr? Piotr. Really? Piotr Ilich Tchaikovsky. You know what's so funny? I probably just thought he was Andre because I've heard the name Andre Tarkovsky and I just have been confusing them for years. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> All right. So That's what that deserves. So continue. All right. Do your thing. To move into our discussion of uh, Andre Tarkovsky and the film Mirror. And this is, I mean, I'm just, I'm going to put this warning up front here. This is going to be like one of the more like, we're in like persona territory right yeah yeah yeah. a art film from like one of the great art directors you know yeah folks 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 it's a it is a moss film art film that rob assigned so i I don't like the moss film thing is like i don't even this isn't like even like a typical soviet film it's like we'll we'll get into this more but the soviets did not like this movie, and they nope. did. Not, nope. they, they did not like Tarkovsky. They might. There's like a non-zero chance they assassinated him. So, <laughs> I I was reading about. It. I was reading about. It. Apparently, a lot of people walked out of the theater, but the people that didn't were like, "It's brilliant," yeah. and were like, and they made a point to say that they were adamant in their praise, which yeah. I thought was a pretty funny phrasing of that because it was just like, "No, it's amazing," and there were so many people that were like. No, he needs to. No, he's he's going to the gulag for making us watch that. Yeah. So this is a movie again. Like this was an incredibly polarizing movie in in the mm-hmm. Soviet Union. Um, like, and we'll get. I, I do want to do like a whole spiel about Tarkovsky, and because he's you know he's one of my guys. He's a one of your guys. He's a you know joyless, religiously tor- tortured Soviet. You know, it's checking off a lot of boxes. I like. Um, that's right that's but, right um, but just because you brought it up like i, I do think like a, a good way to, to sort of frame it is just that this again was a movie that was hated by the the authorities it was given what they called a, a third category release which basically meant that like it was like they, they like almost considered its production a crime um, <laughs> that like there was like, like for it, that basically means they thought it was like, you know, a third category release means that they thought that it was like, you know, a complete waste of time, like a borderline waste of public funds, like bordering on the fraudulent. Um, that could like, you know, and because of that, it could only be shown in like third rate theaters. Like it played in like two or three theaters in Moscow, all of them like miles from the city center. Um, and like, it's it's amazing that he ever got to make another film after this and like um but that's so cool and like a lot of again it was you know people who actually did go and see it um it did have this incredibly polarizing reaction there were there were a lot of people who just you know because this, this is a movie that you know it's very slow and it's also you know it's I think in addition, it is, you know, very avant-garde in the way Persona was, you know, just not, I think there, it's, yeah. it's, but it's, and it also is kind of, it doesn't, the way that it moves is also very different. It's, it's very disjointed. It cuts a lot. 
yeah. it's all over the place in terms of time it's not a linear narrative like i think it was very influential on malik in that way just in that the structure of it is almost kind of musical like it has like movements and things that kind of respond to each other in you know ways that you know it, again it doesn't follow like a linear like a to b to c like cause and effect plot structure it's it's more these kind of like ineffable like kind of like psycho spiritual like hard to parse like relationships where you'll cut from like the character's childhood to his adulthood to like his mother's yeah. adulthood to you know um, yeah just all yeah, of, it was like historical footage um yeah um, yeah it... so no go ahead Oh, no, 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 I was going to say, um, uh, so I was texting Rob about this. I, I had a hard time watching it because I did the thing I do with a lot of, um, with a lot of like, uh, when, when, whenever we watch a Russian movie, we're like, uh, we're, we're like, I forget that I don't actually speak Russian, that I just like know enough Russian to fool people that don't speak Russian to think that I do. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, so stop, like, you know, watching these movies without subtitles. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, so like, so like, I would kind of like, get distracted while watching basically once again proven uh, me and the soviet uh film board what's it called like this you know what i mean just complete parallel thinking the two of us just really just just i completely agree with their censors once again but um but no no no, no but so as i was watching it i kept being like oh fuck i missed like so much of the movie i must have missed so much and then i was like then i would rewind i was like wait no i saw this part wait what's happening wait but he's an adult now and just because i didn't know that it was like a non-linear movie so i just kept getting so confused by what was happening um yeah no yeah but 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 i see what you're saying about um about uh about it being kind of like um yeah like 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 when i guess malik-esque in its in its musicality in in yeah sorry you were you were you were setting up um background but yeah no continue with your spiel <laughs> yes so yeah. so yeah i mean so there, there was you know the, the the reaction of the um the censors was that it was elitist and also anti-patriotic and we can get more into yeah they thought that later on but um there was one scene that i remember watching and just being like wait what year what year was this what year what year of the soviet union was this that you were saying that because uh what, yeah. What was that that you were thinking about? When he was like, when he was like, when he was like, when he was like, have we gotten too bourgeois or something like that? And I was like, oh man. Yeah. Oh, you're not, you're oh not, man. You're not supposed to say that in the Brezhnev era. No. Yeah. Nope. 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 What, yeah. are, you, what, actually, Andre, what are you doing? What, the thing they had the, the, the two things they had the biggest problem with um, were actually a lot of the historical footage of World War II. They didn't like being used. Um, oh, oh, like the scene where the fucking gun falls in the river. Yeah, so there's there's a long sequence um, in uh, that's footage. It's just historical footage of soldiers crossing a lake in the Crimea. Um, that apparently uh, it was like footage that had been suppressed, um, and um, no one had seen it. Like even like archivists hadn't seen it since it was shot um like 30 years how did he ago. get it i don't know the process of him getting it i i, I that's not something that i, I didn't mm. come up in any yeah. research um but yeah um it is you know it's this this scene of you know it's, it's not actually combat footage it's just this footage of like just toil you know yeah. 
people waiting and it's it's really incredible footage like hundreds and hundreds of people like um drawing like carts with equipment you know it's just it's a scene of just incredible hardship of you know yeah. working this their way across this lake in like knee-high water and yeah and the yeah. and um apparently walking most, to the war walking to the war most of the people in the um in the footage including the cameraman died um almost all of them the cameraman died later that day apparently um of what well in combat oh okay yeah they were going right. to the front but you know it was one of those things where, like even getting to the front sucked ass um yeah yeah and so they didn't like the inclusion of that there's also some religious symbolry they didn't they weren't big on um yep but and all of this is all of this just to say the, the censors were not fans of it a number of people who watched it uh, initially, like you said, weren't fans of it. They just, you know, encountered this, you know, avant-garde piece of artistry and just were like, nope, not interested and walked out. Nope. Um, but there was a <clears throat> significant group of people who stuck with it um, and watched it and were um, enamored with it, um, passionately so. Like there's this um, letter um that uh, was quoted somewhere. Um, that was kind of a, a typical letter that Tur like Tur 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 ah, excuse me, Tarkovsky got more fan mail for this movie than any of his others. Um, <laughs> and he got, there's a, a typical letter from a, a, a female worker from Novosibirsk who wrote that um, everything that torments me, everything I don't have and that I long for that makes me indignant or sick or suffocates me everything that gives me a feeling of light or warmth and by which I live and everything that destroys me, it's all there in your film. Um, wow. Yeah, no, like the people who resonated with this movie really resonated with it. And <clears throat> because, mm -hmm. I mean, what he's really trying to do with this movie is in a very, you know, again, in a, a idiosyncratic way, you know, sort of create a, a filmed memoir um, that's very... Yeah. That's very specific to his life. It's drawn very specifically from his own memories, like the the protagonist. Even though, like the protagonist is never fully viewed on screen, um, except as a um, as a child. But as an adult, he's never. He's always you get yeah. maybe a, you know an arm or leg or here or there. But a lot of it is actually filmed from like first person. Um, yeah. But, but also, a lot of it doesn't involve him directly at all. There are a lot of scenes that are just about his mother. Um, yeah. His mother, Tar Tarkovsky's mother, literally uh, in the cast. Yes. Um, yeah. As an older version, but as a younger version, she's also played by an actress who doubles as his wife, which you can read yeah, which fit in there. Yeah. Yeah. Tarkovsky wasn't Jewish, right? You don't have a monopoly on Oedipal complexes, Matt. Um, I know. I know. I know. But we're kind of the Yankees of it, but continue. But, all, but, but it, it doesn't function solely as, you know, he's not interested solely in himself. He's also interested in, you know, the historical times that he lived in. You know, a lot of it is about his childhood during the war. And his father was absent and they were being evacuated. Um, and then sort of the... Was his father fighting? His father was a war correspondent. Um, Pretty sweet job to get as a Soviet man of military age. Well, he did. World war II. He lost a leg in the war. So, well, okay. All right. You know what? Rescinded. Rescinded. 
yeah but it was also like he he like he volunteered for it like it was um you know a lot of the uh, this like the central drama in especially the childhood scenes of the movie comes from his father's absence which was not just because of the war like the father as Tarkovsky's actually father actual father did he abandoned the family several years before the war um and kind of a wild move as a dad to imagine just being like nope goodbye you know what i mean and i mean but and his father also appears in the movie although not on screen but his father was a poet um one of uh, one of the like the great russian poets of the 20th i've never read any of his poems other than but there are moments of narration in this movie where his father is reading his own poetry um and even it, like they had a relationship into adulthood, but like a fairly fraught one, the kind that you would have with a father who abandoned you. Um, yeah, makes yeah. sense. Um, but and all of this is just you know a very long winded winded wind up to you know these people had this very strong reaction to this because <clears throat> in a weird because in a way he was even though he was making this movie very specifically about himself the experiences that he was dealing with I think resonated with a whole generation the people who were willing to meet the film halfway resonated with a whole generation of people who had had very similar experiences of, of their parents you know being absent for the war and the wartime hardships and the sort of mm-hmm. and uncertainty of the time after that not being sure what to do with your life kind of like Wings one of the first films we you know yeah like, what do you do after this incredibly dramatic and traumatic experience how do you just kind of live your life for that like going to the grocery store and working a job yeah being married like how do you just go about your normal life without yeah yeah and i and, and i think what kind of separates and i think we talked about this in wings i think kind of what separates um and i talked about this with um with 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 my buddy after we watched um come and see right as well right you know i mean i i i think i think a huge you know, and 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 what and, and a thought I had while watching this movie is like, man, World War Two, or as they call it there, the Great Patriotic War, uh, really, like, like had this like profound effect on like, I hate to say like the Russian psyche or the Soviet psyche because it makes it sound like you know what I mean, right? Like you know, like you hear that a lot. Lust, lusts for Vienna, that kind of exactly, yeah, yeah, kind of. But like, but like, but like, it, it was this like. Like, like it, the, the, the World War II was this, like, event for the Soviet Union that it just wasn't for, like, America, for instance, right? Where, like, yeah, you know. It was, I mean, World War II was, it, a, it was for the massive historical event for the United States, yet it was yeah. still, like, significant, several orders of magnitude, you know, more impactful yeah. in the Soviet Union. You know, just in terms yes. of being invaded, the scale of devastation, you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like this touched touch directly. I mean, obviously you yeah. couldn't escape it touching your life in America, even if you're on the home front, there was rationing, people you knew yeah. in combat. But like again, there's like a, a level of intimacy with tragedy and violence and death and danger that, you know, we certainly yeah. have in the United States, but again, it was just several orders of magnitude greater in the Soviet Union when you're talking about twenty million people dead versus 400,000. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, yeah. Hated and suffering like some yeah. of the worst Nazi atrocities. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like I remember like my grandfather telling um, my kids about 
like, you know, about like World War II and like his experience in it. My grandfather was a child during World War II, right? So like, so, you know, his experience was like, yeah, like, you know, like, like, uh, like collecting dimes um, for to buy war bonds and stuff like that, you know, and like rationing and stuff like that, right? Right. But that was kind of my grandfather's experience. Like, yeah, it was this thing like we were doing, but like how different that is from like, you know, maybe like a Soviet uh, child of his age, you know, who like, yeah, like had to like, you know, be like evacuated from his home so that he didn't get blowed up or or killed by Nazis. You know what I mean? Right. And and so it was this. Yeah. Like, like, I, I, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not going to say like it wasn't impactful for the U.S., obviously, but like, but like it was something that like, because you I, I don't feel like you see like, like, you know, because this is uh, 30 years after the end of World War Two and mm-hmm. and and they are still and, and it's still being brought up as this like, 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 like this like this like tragedy that befell that that like 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 the soviet people as a whole right versus like you know what are the movies about world war ii we're making in the 70s you know it's like kelly's heroes <laughs> you know what i mean kind of right movies. yeah exactly yeah 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 and, and 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 so yeah no um you know uh yeah 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 so that was that was my only point is that like how how the the trauma for the Soviet people from this war, like, like left scars that resonated for decades. Um, yeah. After in, in, in just a way, in just a way that, that 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 I think is hard for us as you know as a country that like you know like I mean when was the last time we were like really invaded? What like eighteen twelve? You know what I mean? I mean the this I think the only thing that compares even a little bit is the Civil War. And that's yeah, yeah. significantly lower, you know. It's obviously yeah. a massively yes. yeah. event, but still, you know, it's not it's hard to compare anything to, you know, the exactly, yeah. Too. But we I mean Go ahead. we've got to rein in our natural tendency to jump on every opportunity to just become a World War II podcast. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um yeah. But, uh, but again, all of that was was just a way to like explain why people resonated so deeply with this movie. Yes. Could meet it halfway. That like, and, and I think it's it's worth noting just that like they had this deep experience with it, despite it being very specifically about the experiences of Andre Tarkovsky and like his yeah. very specific like neuroses and like family history and you know, psychological and philosophical, like, um, predilections and preoccupations. But I think there's something to it being so specific, because, you know, I, I don't remember, it's been said by a number of different people, I don't remember exactly who, but like, in a lot of ways, in a lot of, to- a lot of times, the way to achieve, like, some kind of artistic universality, like something that applies to, that everyone can relate to, is actually, paradoxically, to get very specific that a lot of the times, you know, and you you think about it like in your day-to-day life, like a lot of the times the things that you actually connect with people over are like specific experiences. Like when you find like a very specific um, emotion or experience that you have in common with someone, that's actually much more meaningful than like something that's happened to everyone. Um, Yeah, yeah. Again, I mean, there's some author who said that like the, um, the way to write good universal literature is to write 
regional literature because in the regional is the universal, but I don't remember who it was, but um, yeah. anyway, just that kind of being the key to why this movie with the people it did resonate with resonated very hard. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, we're, we're kind of doing this a little backwards in a way because we're starting with like the movie's public reception, but I do want to back up a little bit and talk about Tarkovsky generally. Because just because again, he is one of those like, you know, big directors, like one of the guys. Um, and so I would like to, to introduce him specifically by um, reading a quote from the man that I think kind of illuminates the kind of person that we are dealing with um, and is certainly reflected in the types of movies he makes. So this is Andre Tarkovsky. <clears throat> I can't stand mirth. Cheerful people seem guilty to me because they can't comprehend the mournful value of existence. I accept happiness only in children and the elderly. Of all others, I am intolerant. Well, all right, so he's definitely Russian. Yeah, he's got that like Russian artist brain, you know? Yeah, yeah. Hardcore, like a terminal case of like existential nihilistic, like russian weird and again you don't want to get like to the russian psyche because i mean you could i it wouldn't be too weird to hear the same kind of quote from bergman you know in a way i think it's just yeah. like you know 50s existential like yeah mid-century post-war existing and even like pre-war it was post-world war one really like existential <clears throat> like serious artists you know it was endemic in that time you know just yeah We've never like we've all of a sudden experienced like suffering on a on an unimaginable unimagin previously unimaginable scale like you know the old religions are kind of falling away like we don't really yeah. know what to make of life right now and it's all weighing a little too heavy on me. Um, yeah, yeah. Actually, real quick fun fact: uh, in the fifties in the Soviet Union, there was a uh, counterculture movement of um, of youths. Uh, there was a real problem for the uh, Soviet authorities. And what this movement was, was it was uh, it was youths who refused to be housed and refused to work. Yeah, you've talked about this before. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, so they basically just tried to basically just be homeless uh, bums. You know what I mean? And, and the Soviets were just send people, like, 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 like the police out to round them up and force them to be housed and work. Yeah. And that was that was their because they were like, because it was very much in this like nihilistic vein of like what is it nothing fucking matters man none of this matters man and they were just like no this is counter revolutionary bourgeois nonsense you were going to work in the factory and you were going to live in an apartment uh, because it was mandatory to be housed right in the Soviet yeah. Union yeah so yeah I mean, what I he he doesn't there's no crust punk in him he's a he's a different yeah. kind of existentialist yeah. um, he's I mean he's you know, it it sounds like a contradiction, but I really don't think it is. He's a religious existentialist. Um, yes. You know, yeah. He's um, he's got that like heavy oppressive sense of like religious doom and guilt that like yeah in like some like very serious minded like the world is a fallen place religious people. But again, like you yeah. know, you want this is it's you find this in all cultures, but like. There is like certainly a strong element of that in specifically Russian Christianity too. That like yeah, one of the um, 
things that I remember from my like Soviet Soviet film class that was you know an important idea that came up all, a, a number of times was there sort of in the Orthodox Church there being sort of two contradictory images of Christ that there was you know Christ the martyr you know uh, um, who suffered for us who loved us who you know was was as as low as any could be as low as any of us who loved the low the same as the rest there's also like Christ the judge like a very serious like um, unforgiving from on high patriarchal image of you know Christianity that was not terribly forgiving to anyone. Um, and kind of makes sense that uh, Stalin uh, started out in the seminary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah. Like, that's not like an exclusively Russian thing. It's just no, of course not. But, yeah. but it's just worth noting that there is like a definitely a strong and specific strain of that in like Russian Christianity. It, which is worth noting because Tarkovsky was, you know, a Russian Christian. And that's part of the reason, you know, one of many reasons he was not on good terms with the Russian authorities, you know. Um, mm-hmm. He did eventually become kind of a um, a not, um, not very, in, like he, a not very enthusiastic defector to the West. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, he, starting really with the, um, with his second movie like he really did not despite being you know recognized internationally for the entirety of his career as you know one of the great filmmakers he really never had much success with the soviet authorities Um, his first movie um ivan's childhood which was made kind of under the khrushchev thaw you know we've talked about it it was easier to get more adventurous movies made during that time Mm -hmm. one of kind of a, a boom of like more um honest movies about about world war ii yeah a child soldier who dies on the eastern front Um, yeah um, yeah 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 you start to see all those war movies that are no longer like like where they're just making a movie about every guy that won like 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 hero of the soviet union and they're just kind of they're kind of making retrospective ones of like and that sucked yeah 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 Um, and so, I mean, that, that movie, like, is, um, you know, immediately, like, catapults him to, like, international prestige. It's like, this is, this is a guy to watch out for. Like, he's got something. Um, but then, like, immediately with the next movie after that, um, he starts, like, getting in trouble with the authorities because he makes, um, this movie after that is um, kind of a, um, a big, like, historical epic, Andrei Rublev, about um, a... Uh, and like a, a famous, if you're into this type of thing, like icon painter from the, I think, 15th century, um, mm. which is, you know, it's a very expensive movie. Historical epics tend to be. And like, you know, there are big scenes of like Mongol invasions and, you know, it's, it's a pretty, and, you know, lots of extras and sets and costumes, you know, so it's, it's an expensive movie, but it's also, you know, it's got that kind of, slow Tarkovsky thing in places and it meanders it's it's like not it's it's probably his most commercial film like still not very um and so again concerned with religious themes and is also implicitly like you know critical of the state obviously not the USSR but is about you know an icon painter who is having trouble um at least part of the, the the plot is you know is having trouble ingratiating himself to the authorities who can you know who are patronizing his work 
which you know can be read as something that is critical. Tarkovsky was yeah yeah. So you know it, it, again, despite costing like I think over a million rubles, which is a pretty expensive production for the time, I like didn't like didn't just didn't get released for like years. It just kind of sat on the shelf, and then eventually, yeah. got, I don't think it was a it wasn't a third category release, but like was never like. It was never yeah. by the authorities as a blockbuster. Um, yeah, that's so funny because that's like four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, but which I guess like back then is like still, but like still, that's like a one or two million dollar movie by today's dollars. Probably more than that, but um, yeah. I don't know what year was it. This is like sixties. Uh, yeah, this would be like mid to late sixties. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but still, but still, my point, my point is, is that like, because like, you think of like an expensive movie now, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. But I also, I don't know exactly like what they, I don't know enough about like the economics of Soviet movie making. Like, some things might just have been cheaper. Like, I don't know if they're paying extras, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, go there. Yeah, no, they might have like legitimately just been like, oh yeah, no, yeah, we'll just get a bunch of soldiers. Yeah, you know what I mean. They yeah. legitimately did that sometimes. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like you know, he follows that up with Solaris, which is you know one of maybe one of his most famous movies. Um, yeah, kind of That's made, one I heard of. It's kind of it's. I think this is overstated, but it gets. Um, uh, framed a lot of the time as like his response to two thousand one. Um, like he apparently he hated 2001 because he, he like didn't like he didn't he, he thought it was too pristine like um he didn't he didn't like the idea of like everything being shiny and new and clean it's like in the soviet yeah. everything everything is broken down i'm gonna make a movie about a broken down space station where everything's just yeah. apart i, I want i want a movie with a space station with the aesthetics of a bus that's falling apart um, that's right yeah yeah, yeah. um which, kind of a precursor to alien yeah, and honestly, in a way, um, but unsurprisingly, also did not endear him to the authorities, making the movie nope. about how everything is falling apart and sucks. Um, <laughs> this, this fucking guy just keeps making movies about how much it sucks, about yeah. how much life sucks, and it's like, can you just, can you can you make one movie? It's not. It's not just that life sucks. It's like that the system sucks. You know, that's really, exactly. I, mean, I don't think they they would have appreciated life sucks either because they generally yeah. That's not good propaganda. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> Certainly, when you start directing it, like at least implicitly at the state, that's a no go. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know who understood how to make a movie like that? Eisenstein. They're like, they're like, listen, go watch. Go watch Potemkin again, all right? Just go. I mean, they they felt if they did not, you know, they, they got over the whole like um, montage thing that they were doing in the silence pretty quickly. Like they, at a certain point, they're like, just, you know, they, we don't want anything that can be perceived as elitist. Just make a normal fucking movie for the people. Exactly. Even though like the, the whole concept of montage was initially came up, like, um, it was had its roots in like we need a, a a visual language that will communicate complicated intellectual principles visually to people who have not read Marx. Like it was initially like intended to be a populist form of like of probably yeah. Um, yeah. 
I'm, try, I'm trying to imagine what do you th- what do you think the Soviet censors would have thought of like a Marvel movie? Uh, I mean, I have. I mean, I mean, of course, of course, stripping all like the pro America stuff out of it. Yeah, I like imagine a Soviet Marvel movie. I mean, it's just. I mean, a part of it's just. I. It's hard to imagine what how anyone would react to a Marvel movie in nineteen seventy. Like it's. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that tweet that it's. That tweet I love that's like it's like yeah if you gave like a Dorito chip to like a medieval peasant they would die yeah yeah yeah, yeah. how funny is that trying to like the seventies like our parents were alive you know what I mean yes many people were alive. yeah exactly. yeah no yeah but just it's like not that long ago yeah really oh god I guess it's fifty years ago yeah. Holy shit. I don't like that. All right. Sorry. You go ahead. So Solaris is his middle finger to Stanley Kubrick, at least a little bit. Um, which, all right. One thing that's enjoyable about him is just he kind of hated movies. Um, like he, he, like he, at least he thought that like almost no one made them right. Um, and like, there, but there were a handful of people he was passionate about. I mean, some of which are kind of the obvious people. Like he loved Bergman, you know, obviously. Like that's not surprising. Mm-hmm. Like, the two that I love is that he really loved Kurosawa. Um, All right. He's like, he, everyone kind of loved Kurosawa though, didn't they? Yeah. Although he, he Tarkovsky really hated violence in movies. So it's kind of cool that he mm. liked that. Um, but, uh, but he, he, Kurosawa has a lot of that. Yes. But he, he, I don't, I don't have the exact quote, but he had this thing about how, you know, Kurosawa had this ability to like imbue very ordinary actions and like an intense, like, spirituality almost like the just watching a samurai slice bread with his sword like in a kurosawa movie feels very significant Um, yeah yeah that's i've i've never thought of that before but that's very true yeah absolutely but the the one that i really love the one that's truly out of left field is that he uh he loved the terminator um and he's (laughs) he's like look okay it's I hate the brutality of it and the acting was very poor, but it's it's a great movie about man's destiny and his inability to escape his fate. He's like, yeah, that's fucking right, Andre. It's it's, it's so fun. It's so because because I was like, because I was like, okay, what is he gonna say? Is it gonna be something he's gonna be like he really loved like the three stooges or something like that? Like he did, he did, he did like Charlie Chaplin, but okay, okay. Well yeah, but hard not to. Obviously. Yeah, everybody likes Charlie Chaplin. Every, everyone likes Charlie Chaplin, uh, but uh, I mean, not Hitler, but everyone else. Yeah, but no, but 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 like the moment you said the Terminator, I was like, what? And then I was like, oh, that actually makes so much sense. Yeah. That actually. Yeah. yeah, that's no, that's right in there. I mean, he was also a man who was like deeply paranoid about nuclear war. Like his of course, his last movie, The Sacrifice, is just about like people like hearing on the radio that nuclear war is about to start and then just kind of watching them lose their minds for like two hours. It's a fun movie. Yeah. Although yeah. you you should not watch that movie. Recently did. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, it's, so, it's so cool that like, because you and I, you and I have a lot of differences in how we are, but like, but like, like there's one similarity. Listen, for every time you hear about me drinking so much soda, I need to take a sick day. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have your own version of that. Yeah. Yeah, I do. 
So yeah. that that like I said, that was his last movie, and it's also like, um, my I was about to say my favorite thing about it, which is not the right way to phrase this, but uh, an interesting factoid from the production of that is like by this point he had like left the Soviet Union, um, because just because he couldn't work anymore. Like, um, yeah. where'd he go? Uh, and he initially went to Italy, um, and then was just kind of a citizen of Europe, basically. Um, mm-hmm. But like after his his the last movie he made in the Soviet Union was Stalker, which again is one of his like most famous ones. Um, mm-hmm. it's also, maybe the movie that killed him um, because like uh, they were filming in like I mean it's a movie that's supposed to be set in like uh, uh, it's a, like vaguely sci-fi movie that's set in mm-hmm. like, like zone that's there's got some kind of alien presence and has been kind of, you know, depopulated. And so they're filming in, they had to find like a, you know, an abandoned area, which is, you know, not that hard to do in the, the Soviet Union, but they're basically filming yeah. in like disused power plants and like downstream from like, um, okay. like All right. chemical waste factories and just like wading through like, um, oh, toxins. it is the conqueror. Yeah, no. And I mean, it looks it's a great fucking looking movie, but like, but, but like that's because like half the time you're just watching people wander through sludge in like abandoned factories and like oh, yeah. everyone who worked on this this movie died of like weird cancers within ten years. So yeah, yeah, no, it's funny after because um, I watched it because fun fact for our listeners, uh, what's it called if you go on YouTube, uh, there's a Moss Film YouTube channel that just has a bunch of Moss films, like most famous movies, uh, in their entirety uh, with English subtitles in true communist fashion. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. And so, and so it auto played after I watched Mirror, Stalker started playing. Right. And it took me a minute to realize what was happening. Right. Because, right. Because, like, because, like, it, Mirror finished. And then I did, I was like, all right. So I got to go read the Wikipedia for that real quick. And so I'm reading the Wikipedia. And then I look up and I see Stalker and I'm like, oh, Hell no, because I know how long Stalker is. Right? But then I was kind of looking at it, I was like, there's a part of me that was like, eh? and I was like, no, 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 no. I have to go be a father tomorrow. No, yeah. I cannot do this. I mean, just in terms of like pure vibes, Stalker is probably his best movie. Like it is, is it is, it's, it's cool watching some people trudge through some toxic sludge while like weird, freaky, like psychedelic 70s, like Soviet synth music plays. It's hell yeah. It's not bad. Like it, it honestly, it feels like um, just in terms of like the aesthetics of it. And this is such a fucking millennial nerd comparison to make, but it feels like so it, excited. It feels like the the closest design inspiration to Half Life Two. But also, <laughs> like the Half Life games, just like watching people ride like a weird rail system. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, 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 my God. Yeah, no, are you kidding? You hit every point, Rob. Yeah, absolutely. I know what you're talking about. But anyway, so you make Stalker. The Soviets are finally like, stop making movies about everything <laughs> nope. falling apart. We're not You're done. Also, shut up about God. No more God stuff. We know that even the Stalker is looking for God. You can't put that one past us. Stop it with the God. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. And, and like Stalker was like a, a beyond like even just the like we all got cancer and died from it was like an incredibly arduous shoot where like the cinematographer like fuck or sorry the cinematography lab like fucked up 
developing the whole film and they had to just shoot it all again. Um, <laughs> like, imagine being Andrei Tarkovsky, the Soviet Union's like most influential, least favorite filmmaker and having to like, go and beg Moss Film for like, can I have all of the film and money again? We, it's, please, it's gone. We, we need it, please. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what? The Moss Film's credit, they're just like, okay. Yeah. Like, I don't, why? At a certain point, like, you feel like the censors have to be like, go to Moss Film and just be like, what are you doing? What, what, what are you, what are you doing? He literally, we found a way to let him make a movie and not make a movie, and you let him do it. Again. Well, see, after, they kind of finally got to that point after that because uh, the movie he, he tries to make after Stalker is about this is going to be like a biopic of about Peter the Great, um, and in the in the initial script for it, there's a bunch of stuff that's like seemed to be. Surprise, surprise, implicitly critical of uh, the Soviet Union's like official atheism. And so they're like, okay, you can make the movie. All of that has to go, gotta ruin it. And he's like, cool. And then just, you know, takes it out of the script and then just shoots it all anyway. Um, and they discover this midway through production and shut it down. At which point he personally just destroyed all of the film stock and left the Soviet Union. Um, like initially- all right. Initially, just as like an extended vacation, like the plan was not to like defect and, you know, yep. made, made several statements about like, I have no quarrel with the government of the Soviet Union. My only issue is if I went back there, I would be unemployed. So I'm going to make a movie in Italy. That's just out of, you know, career necessity. Um, and like the movie he makes after that, Nostalgia, is all about like being in Italy and wishing you were in Russia, which is just, I mean, no disrespect to Russia, but Clearly, the man loves his home country. If he's like, Italy's boring. <laughs> I much prefer Russia. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, so I've never been to Italy, but I've been to Russia. And you know that I love Russia. Yeah. You know that I have like a deep love of Russia. I, I am a Russophile, which let me tell you, tough to be right now. Bad you moment. know what I mean? Yeah. Bad moment. I've, I've not been telling as many people that about myself. No, but I'm, I'm, I'm not as hardcore as you, but like, I love Russian cinema. I love Russian novels, yeah. love Russian music. Like, I'm a fan of the yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's a cool, but like, man, you are in Italy. Yeah. Like, it, Italy's kind of like one of those places where it's like, where it's like, where, where, no, if I woke. You're in the party country. You're in the, you're in the party, not just, you're in the, you're in the cool, like, 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 beautiful, like, because no, let me tell you something. You're in the country that ha has all of the best parts of France, but the people are happy. Yes, 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 yes. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. Yes. But, but, <laughs> just, just sitting there, just, just, just eating, when I get all the, the most amazing minestrone that you've ever had in your life and just being like, there's no beats in this. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, just based on what we know about him, is there anyone yeah. who would be worse at a party than Andre Tarkovsky? Not as not as seen. Not as seen. Um, no, no, no. Just just imagining, just imagining you're at a wedding and you just get put at the table with like with like 
him and Bergman and like fucking who else? Who else would be at that table at a wedding? Oh, uh, uh, Sartre. Um, yeah, I was I was thinking Sartre. Yeah, dead at that point, but Hemingway. You know. Oh my god. Oh, oh, oh my. God. All them big existential heavyweights. Camus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I always appreciated Hemingway because I always liked how he write how he wrote sentences. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, kind of like, kind of like a child, kind of like real short. Just kind of be like, "Yep." Then he went into the park. Yep, that's what yeah. he did. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of. I mean, it's hard to make something really artistic out of like the C spot run construction. It's kind of impressive. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, no, yeah. That's that's like the that that I remember when they stopped deciding against Hemingway in, in school, and then they started deciding against uh, Orwell. And then I was like, all right, I've had, a, I've, had, I've had just about enough of you, George. Yeah. We get it. You don't like the Soviet Union. We get it. So that's, I mean, that's kind of the arc Sorry. of Markovsky's career. He, you know, um, but specifically, we want to get a little bit more specifically into Mirror um, after an hour of talking, as usual. Um, as usual. As usual. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? What, the, what, what do you want to talk about Mirror <laughs> So the uh, uh, first, I'd like to just uh, mention the initial conception for the project, which I, I mean, obviously he'd been thinking about it beforehand, but there's a story that uh, he went to see Amarcord, the Fellini film that we've discussed. Oh, yeah. At, at you know, whatever Moscow theater or whatever. And as he was walking out, someone asked him- Halfway uh, through the movie. Well, someone asked him, what did you think of the film? And he said, it was all right, but I'm going to make one just like it that's better. Um, what? What? A, was he married? Yeah, I mean, well, okay, divorced from first wife. Um, I mean, again, you've seen the movie he made about his life. Um, that's true. Yeah, yeah. He. Uh, he had a wife, had a child with a wife, got divorced, and um, you know felt so much um, guilt really over breaking up his family the way that you know his father had broken up his his family. Um, although I mean he wasn't he didn't abandon his family the way that his father did. Yeah. Like, you know from what I understand he was still very much involved in his son's life, um, but you know was divorced and but like had enough like personal trauma related to like you know family schisms that he felt a tremendous amount of guilt over this and like made a vow to himself when he got remarried that he would just make it work no matter what um and then you know got weird lithuanian toxic sludge cancer with his wife who was one of his you know working had a working relationship with as well um uh, when you said weird Lithuanian sludge, I thought that was your euphemism for saying you married a Lithuanian woman, and I was like, Rob, Jesus Christ. No, Matt, that's something you would say. Um, I know, hence my reaction. Yeah, but um, but like, I, I do think that's kind of a useful lens to look at this movie through as like a depressed Russian Amarcord, um, because it, <clears throat> it is doing something similar where it's like, it is this kind of nostalgic movie that's also very clear-eyed about the time that it's nostalgic for you know um and I, I don't know that it's accidental that both of them are you know 
nostalgic movies where the childhood is in many ways defined by fascism, either as the, yeah. the ruling system or, you know, the, the thing yeah. that's invading your country and is going to take your dad's leg. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, obviously is a very different movie than MR Cord in every other way. <clears throat> yes. I think, I think, you know, we've already talked a little bit about um, the structure of the movie and kind of the, the structure of Tarkovsky's life, how it plays out in the movie, um, which is, you know, I don't want to say unstructured because it, I, there is some, again, some sort of rhythm to it. Like this was be, because it is such a, you know, again, doesn't have a traditional narrative. It was unsurprisingly a very difficult movie to edit. There were apparently like 20 different versions of the movie that were all like pretty significantly different. Um, that like just none of them worked. Like they were just missing some, you know, even if it was impossible to, to define some sort of interior logic that like they came up with this, this final cut, the one that we see here, like at the last minute, like right when they needed to like submit it. And it just, it does have some sort of rhythm to it. But again, it is a very disjointed in the traditional sense, like narrative where it like starts, um, you know, with this incident that like doesn't even have anything to do with the plot of like uh, almost like documentary footage of a hypnosis session. And it goes to like his mother uh, having a you know, meeting with a stranger like on their family farm like years before presumably Tarkovsky is even born doesn't really have any influence on the plot you know it's just kind of about this this doctor um, who's played by uh, I'm gonna get fuck up the guy's name but I believe Anatoly Solonitsyn who's one of like he's in almost all of Tarkovsky's movies he's you know he's in Solaris he's in uh, Stalker or all of his Russian movies anyway um, but anyway but like it just kind of moves all through all of these different incidences without <clears throat> and you know moves between uh, memory and dream and reality without ever clearly distinguishing between any of them. Um, but I think what I really want to talk about is just the actual form of it. So anyway, you keep you keep smirking at me. What are you, why are you smirking? What? what? Because I love you. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry a man showing emotion to his friend makes you so uncomfortable. Okay. I'm not as toxically masculine as you. Uh, um, fair, but... Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, no, no. I don't know what you mean by form, though. What do you mean by form? What does that mean? What does that word mean? <clears throat> so, I mean, it refers to the way that it is constructed, you know? Um, okay. The visuals and the audio, I think, are the two things that oh. I about. Um, and oh yeah, I speak English. I should have known that one. That's a, that's a big L by Matt. So, I mean, the two things that, or the things that people always talk about with Tarkovsky that kind of unite all of his movies, like all of his movies, you know, again, we he ran through it. He worked in a variety of different genres, um, but all of his movies feel like Tarkovsky movies. And I think the number one thing that people always point to is the pacing. Um, you know, he does make very, you could call them slow and you wouldn't be wrong. I would, I would call them meditative movies. I would call them slow, but potato, potato. No, I mean, again, you're not wrong. Like, they are slow. They're not movies. They're not wrong. <laughs> they are not movies where, where things happen quickly. You know, the, the takes are long. You know, his camera lingers. Um, he has a, uh, a, 
a pacing that he referred to as sculpting in time. Um, sculpting you, in time? Sculpting in time, yeah. Um, where you take these, these kind of long takes where the, the camera often moves, but very precisely. You know, it's not like Scorsese where he'll have like, he'll have long takes and the camera is very active. Like it's moving all over the place. You know, it's mm -hmm. constantly finding new things to pay attention to. And yeah. Tarkovsky's camera moves, but it almost like a lot of the time it feels like it's um, moving as if propelled by like some sort of like elemental force almost. Like it's moving the way that like continents move, you know? Um, mm it's very deliberate. Like he'll shift very slightly to give you like a, a very slightly, a slight difference in perspective on a scene. You know, there's the one that, the one that I always think of is there's a scene in this movie where it's just a conversation. Um, the adult stand-in for Tarkovsky is having a conversation over the phone with his mother. Um, and, you know, it's it's them kind of reminiscing. It's, it's you know, a, a lot of the movie obviously is about like, memory and you know how to sort of how the past and the present and the future all kind of blend together but it's shot from what initially kind of feels like first person because you know we're hearing the Tarkovsky skit stand in the voice but never seeing him but the camera ends up kind of just floating very slowly through his apartment um in a way that like it it's not matching the pace of a human um it doesn't feel like we're we're like really actually taking this person's point of view it almost feels like we're taking the point of view of like ghost or something spectral but and like a lot of the time the camera is kind of like placed at a strange height that doesn't feel quite human um <clears throat> it'll like linger on objects um in a way that like kind of estranges you from them and that's like there are a number of like different motifs that like Tarkovsky uses over and over again in his films. Um, one of them is, is a lot of different instances of objects all of a sudden moving on their own, you know, propelled by no like visible force. You know, there's nothing clearly acting on them. There's an instance in this film uh, early on um, when they're sort of, when we're in sort of his like the cabin that he grew up in during the war, when all of a sudden the glass just falls over on its own. And like there are those kinds of things all over in his movies where um, it, again, it feels like reality is being acted on by something unseen or otherworldly. Um, and he was someone who like personally, like again, he was Christian, but like he was also into some weird stuff too. Like he was really into like telekinesis and ESP, like stuff that was outside of mainstream church doctrines. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the, when I learned, when I was taking Russian, he had an entire unit just on uh, superstition because it was such an important um, cultural thing to learn. And they're basically like, look, if you, if you talk to a Russian long enough, they're just going to bring up some shit. So yeah. You just need to know what these words mean so you know what they're talking about. Uh, but yeah, no, it was literally like a chapter in our book. Uh, so yeah, so I know that that's very culturally fitting. Uh, we're really trying hard not to talk about the Russian mind here. 
Uh, but you know what? Maybe they are the one people that are a monolith. Who knows? Um, but no, uh, no, no. Um, fucking yeah, no. I think all that shit's real, don't you? <laughs> um, no, telekinesis is telekinesis. That's silly. Magic, on the other hand, that's that's the real one. That's the real one. You think you believe in magic? What? Did Andrei Tarkovsky believe in magic? I mean, he believed in telekinesis. I don't think he was out there doing that's it. different. I don't think that's he, different. If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think his I don't think his form of like weird spirituality was really about like ri- like that kind of like ritual. Like it was yeah. much more like his his thing, you know, he's very into dreams and the idea that mm-hmm. like dreams were some sort of bridge between this world and and another and that like our reality is somehow permeable you know um, hmm. i gotta believe that i think <clears throat> yeah i mean do you think do you think dreams have any sort of pretentious uh um element to them i mean i don't know matt i've seen i've had no compelling evidence in my own life but you know I don't know how the world works. I can't. I'm not going to willy nilly rule anything out. But I'm also not going to. Well, what is it? What is a dream? A dream is a manifestation of the subconscious, right? I mean, there are all sorts of. I mean, I think the one. Okay. You know what? I'm going to start off with this. What a fucking scientist! I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) My my layman's understanding is, you know, the brain is just fires electrical sim- signals while you're sleeping and like there are a number of different theories as to what that means it, and why there's there's this like forming of images and narratives like I, I don't know I mean why am I making you do this yeah I mean okay so I mean there are people who believe that um, it's a way of the, the mind kind of like almost like transferring you know your short-term memory into long th- th- those aren't the right terms exactly because i don't think that's how short-term and long-term memory works but like it's a way of like working through the day's events and like s- storing them somehow uh, or basically this is my way of telling you i had a weird dream a little while ago and it's been one of those dreams that like lingers with you that you don't forget and i've been meaning to talk to you about it and i keep forgetting every time we talk <laughs> okay but we, we can talk about that later. This is not the space for but apologies. No, but I mean, but that is like I'm apologizing to the listener. But I, I think it is worth lingering on the dream thing for a while because the effect that his you know his aesthetic technique has is dreamlike, you know. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, would, yeah. I would say that he was a huge influence on Lynch if like everything Lynch had ever said wasn't just like I love, love Rocky Raccoon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, Woody Woodpecker. Rocky Raccoon is a Beatles song, but yeah. yeah. But, um, but like, you know, there are all of these um, and, and that like, and I think in the sound design in particular, like you get this, there are a lot of like weird hums and sort of repetitive almost like seismic subterranean just sort of things going on in the sound design that um i know he like 
apparently when he was talking to the sound designer for this film, who he worked with a number of times and also did the music, um, that he wanted something, <clears throat> um, a sound design that, you know, let me find the exact quote. Um, ba -ba -ba, one second. He wanted animate sounds that what does that mean so again sounds that kind of felt like signals from another realm you know sounds remind you that the world is stranger than we give it credit for you know and between the sort of the slow pacing and the dreamy imagery and these kind of like hypnotic sounds. I personally, because I get into these movies, I feel like I kind of fall into a trance a little bit. You know, yeah. them, you know it does have this very, again, kind of meditative effect. Uh, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? I didn't get that with this movie, but I really got that with Color of Pomegranates. Mm, yeah. Like Color of Pomegranates felt like, like I couldn't look away from it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like, like it was like I was in trance. Uh, movie I did not get that with uh, was the Turin horse. Uh, <laughs> I want to say that right now. Did not get that. I was thinking about that the other. Can I tell you? I re-listened to that episode. Yeah, and I got mad at you all over again. Okay, that's good to know. That makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just, I just, I was like, this motherfucker made me watch a two and a half hour movie of people eating potatoes. <laughs> Son of a bitch. And, the, and I the, was thinking, the thing that you were maddest about apparently was that you never got to see any boobs. I why why wouldn't I? What did, what, this is an era. Okay. I should have seen boobs. Is all I'm saying. If I'm gonna watch two and a half hours, there better be some scene. Just at least give me. But no, you know what? Because let me tell you something. Listen, you they, they are two people living in a one room house. Okay. There's going to be, you're going to see boobs, all right? And those Hungarian sons of bitches, they're Hungarian, right? Yes. I wanted to make sure I'm, I'm maligning the right people. That's they did it. They did it. They, they, I'm telling you, they purposefully did not even give boobs because they're like, no. Because boobs, what do boobs inspire in a man? If you see boobs, how do you, what, what do you feel? You feel a slight sense of hope. You know what I mean? Boobs represent hope in film. <laughs> okay. I think, I think that's it. I think Matt has finally achieved the, uh, the take that he's been building to this whole time. You know what's funny? I like, I kind of believe that. I know. Uh, I know, Matt. Yeah. Yeah, the one, the one, the one caveat I'll put to that, they do not represent that in Holocaust films, okay? Because you see a surprising amount of boob in Holocaust films. And that's why they must all be banned. Um, that's right. Yeah. That's right. But anyway, what's it called? Boobs? Yes, also there's. Um, okay. Yeah. All right, wait, wait. So, wait, we were talking about something serious. Did I get the boobs from Color of Pomegranates? I did. You did, yeah. No, we were we were talking about like being put in the a... dreamlike trance, like yeah, the the, the the trance you get in when you watch. Um, 
are you talking specifically Tarkovsky films? Or are you talking like kind of like these sorts of, um, I don't know, the, the word that's coming to me is higher minded, but I, I don't know if higher minded is the right word. You know what I mean? Like these sorts of movies where it's like, 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 where it's like, all right, this is not, you're not eating popcorn while you watch this, even though I did eat popcorn while I watched this. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say all. It's certainly an effect that some of them achieve, but like Persona, I relate to on mostly like an intellectual level. Like this, this is much more like Tarkovsky's a much more yeah. elemental filmmaker. Like he's he's very concerned with like, you know, rain and fire and wind. Like a lot of the most arresting images in this movie are like, again, like elemental, like the barn burning, which is, you know. Uh, both just a very arresting image and this like symbol of his like childhood going up in flames um and then yeah. like again one of those like repeated motifs in all of his films is like there's a dream sequence where it's raining indoors which is one of those things that he uses over and over again it's this kind of like dreamy image of this impossible you know um weather pattern um and and then I think most significantly for this film is you know there's a repeated image of in a number of different contexts of like wind blowing through grass or leaves, um, which I think is really it's a, one just kind of a a beautiful arresting image in its own right. Like it's always I don't know I always just kind of appreciate like a movie that can just show me something every day in a way that like gets me to appreciate it like gets you to kind of feel the wind in your face in a way that like you might not in a you know yeah. more, more indifferently shot movie um yeah. is like kind of a thematically key to the movie as well like yeah um, because yeah. it's you know so it's it specifically and tarkovsky generally being so concerned with again like these unseen forces sweeping us along you know um in in this movie and like in this movie specifically like i think one of those unseen forces is just the force of history you know i think that's why there are all of those um long interludes of just historical footage set again to like kind of trippy zone outy like soviet synth music that like you know, my my individual life is just kind of this one drop that's like carried along on the, the current of the sea, you know. Um, but also that, um, you know, there are, that there is a kind of almost freedom in that, um, that there is something liberating about being just along on time's voyage you know that it's zen it's zen you know one of the the poem the I, the the poem there that's being read over that the that footage that we talked about earlier of the the soldiers crossing the lake in crimea crimea is again it's his father reading one of his own poems and i think it's the most beautiful of them like sometimes his po his father's poems i think are um deployed kind of ironically like there's there's one where his father is like reading this you know very flowery love poem over footage of his like of Tarkovsky's mother like having to like toil away at work that you yeah know, it's kind of like I mean that's 
pretty fucking ironic because this your father like who might have written this poem about this woman that he later abandoned to this life of like single motherhood and hard work um yeah but like this this later instance of the the poem being read over again this shot of like incredible toil of people who are just you know ordinary people who are caught up in like the most extraordinary historical events possible and are you know are going to their death most of them um but his father reading this poem about how um everything is immortal you know every moment is happening at once you know time is is endless that you know there is no beginning there is no end there is only life and everyone is invincible um i'm not getting it I'm not doing it justice. I didn't write it down exactly, but this very beautiful sentiment. Did a fine job. Did a yeah. fine job. This very beautiful sentiment about you know the continuity and of of life and existence over you know this harrowing footage. Um, yeah. Like I think one of the the real peaks of the film for me, and I think for a lot of people. Um, yeah, yeah. No, and we already know that life. I mean, there is a continuity to these things. I mean, listen. You and I, you and I, as we know, have met before in past lives, most notably when we were uh, uh, two inept Prussian. Uh, <laughs> that's my favorite joke. Yeah. What's it called? Uh, us versus Joaquin and Phil. Um, yeah, no, uh, no, 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 no. I think, I, I, I think, so let's be honest, I hated this movie. Uh, uh, well, not, not, I mean, hate's a strong, hate's a really strong word. I didn't hate this movie, but this movie annoyed me in, in ways that, in, in ways that these art house films sometimes do, right. uh, because I don't get it. You know what I mean? And I'm like, you know, cause every once in a while you'll, 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 you'll assign me a movie like this and like, for instance, color pomegranates, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're all watching. And I'll just be like, like, even if I don't fully get everything about it like i like in my heart and soul like something gets touched right and i'm able right and i have like a response and this i was just watching and i was trying to kind of have that you know what i mean and i was just like what the fuck is going on you know what the what the what the fuck is going on right now and just not fully understanding it and then feeling stupid i think that's honestly a reason why a lot of people don't like movies like this is because is because and i don't think that this is a fault of the of the director like i truly don't like think like like i used to think like like these sorts of movies and their directors were kind of like fart sniffy blah 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 but i really don't think that that's fair or true i think it is like i mean because what is this this is a man trying to i mean like you said like like he's trying to film a memoir in a way using the medium that of of his art right of film right using the medium of film which is his art and in a way that is uniquely that 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 is that, that is unique to him right this is tarkovsky telling the story of tarkovsky in tarkovsky's way you know what i mean and and i think you know, and that's the thing, right? And, and I think that's why, like, you know, to someone, you know, who who relates to those experiences and those emotions, why it is, why, why, why the people that, why this is a polarizing film, why, why the people that relate to it, right, don't just, they're just like, yeah, good film. They're like, no, 
this is and why like because what shocked me was finding out that this is like widely regarded as one of the best films ever made yes. like 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 i did like, like like i think it's basically in like the top 20 of like almost any list put out by like directors or like or, or film like people right they're always just like so we, we've talked a couple times before about the the sight and sound list which is kind of the for for film nerds is kind of the definitive list because they they pull they do two polls one of directors and one of like serious critics and i think on the director's list it's maybe number eight i don't remember exactly where it's situated but it's in the top 10 and i believe it's in the top 20 on the critics list yeah 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 it, it like like and that shocked me because i was like I mean, I mean, legitimately, I mean, like, this isn't a bit, I mean, like, I know, like, kind of like, you know, the, the, the crux of this podcast is that uh, I'm a film idiot and you're a film scholar, basically, but like, but like, truly, like, I was like, that, like, that, that was my, that was my reaction, right, which, 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 you know, which, look, I'm man enough to be like, all right, maybe, maybe I was somewhat wrong about this, right, 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 but, but, but I think what I kind of was like, okay, so I missed something here. You know what I mean, and I think I think part of the reason why I missed something was because, like, you know, I don't really, and I don't think you have to relate to those experiences. Like, you know, like, look, look, I know enough about you. You know, you got a loving mother and father. You know what I mean, right? You know what I mean, right? You got good. You know, you know, I don't know your dad as well, but oh, don't I love Maggie? Come on now, you know what I mean, right? And uh, uh, what's it called? And uh, but like. You know, but like, but like, I think that there is, you know, it's, it's something more than that. You know what I mean? That you can relate to something, even if it's not a direct one-to-one, you know, you can appreciate something. And I, and, 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 and I think that I just flat out missed the boat on this one. And it just, it, 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 it did not hit for me. And, and, but having said that and having had us talk about it now, I see I see the notes he was trying to play. You know what I mean? And I think that maybe on a second watch, I might have a different reaction. I think also if I uh, sat down and actually watched it instead of like, you know, getting just forgetting to read the subtitles for a little bit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Might have helped. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But 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 I think that this is a um you know, I don't know. I I don't want to get too into it because we've talked about it ad nauseum, I think, but like it would be really cool if like if like cuz it's been a while, I feel like since like all the contemporary cinema that I've seen now and I'm sure these types of movies get made. But I feel like so much of the contemporary cinema I get now, you don't really get, like, these sorts of movies, you know? And, and we've talked about that ad nauseum, how you don't get these sorts of movies. But even, like, because I'm sure, like, there are still experimental filmmakers making movies like this. Yeah. And, you know? Hollywood has never really been that interested in this type of movie. No. Um, yeah, yeah. But before we get into the, you know it's all broken thing that we love to harp on. Um, we do love that, don't we? I, I do want to just give like my sort of final pitch for why I, I love this movie. Um, go, go, go. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, this is, uh, you know, I, 
my like you said my so there are two things one i find it very i do find it very emotionally affecting and it, and i do, i think it is just in, again in terms of its form one of the greatest uses of the medium um and I'll, I'll dig a little deeper into that but you know here's to back up for a second my thinking in assigning you this movie in particular um because i this i know this is this is a deeply challenging movie and it's honestly my reaction to it the first time i saw it was huh also like i get i i i i could like appreciate that, that i wasn't picking up on everything and that there was certainly more there but i was like i don't i don't get it i get some of it yeah but I don't get all of it. Like there were certainly scenes that like stuck with me for a long time. Like we didn't even talk about, there's like a whole sequence about like him being trained as like a, a child soldier during the war or as an, as an adolescent. Um, oh, is that, I thought they sent him to a cadet school or something. Yeah, I mean, it's, it wasn't like we're going to send you to the front, but it's like, we're going to make sure you know how to use a rifle and a grenade just in case. Yeah. 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 No. And that scene of the, clearly like old grizzled war veteran jumping yeah. on what he thinks is a grenade yeah to save these children that he hates that threw a grenade at him yeah Th- there's something exactly. very interesting about that yeah 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 that 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 honestly i forgot about that scene i loved that scene that was a nice scene but um but it has grown on me each time i've watched it like significantly and i what I appreciate generally, I, so I, to get to why it affects me emotionally, like you're right, it, this has nothing to do whatsoever with my personal experience, you know, could not be farther from it, like both in terms of the historical and the personal, like I come from a very different family than him, but I am someone who enjoys philosophically agonizing, you know, I would say that on the whole, I am a considerably more I'm not going to say well-adjusted because I don't know anything about how well-adjusted Tarkovsky personally was, you know, um, sustained at least one marriage till the end of his life. Um, but just, you know, I'm a little happier than him. I'm not, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I would say, I, I, I would agree with that. My outlook is a little more positive, but I am someone who is drawn to, you know, the darker ends of the philosophical spectrum and have spent a lot of time wallowing there in my life. And so, I appreciate a movie that is willing to do that too, but I also do appreciate that this is, in a way, I feel like kind of his most optimistic movie. Um, and um, and it goes to that idea of continuity, you know, that sense that like, you know, everything is connected, you know, and there is no death, there is no impermanence that, you know, from his father's poem, you know, again, set that poem that's set over the, the soldiers trudging away um, towards their deaths, you know, that in spite of everything, yeah. you know, in spite of how much we suffer and how much we are doomed to die, that there is, you know, something beyond us that connects all of us, that connects us to something greater. Um, and that I find that a very moving notion that that is the kind of notion that comforts me when I am drawn to my philosophical depths of despair and I think that it is a notion that is expressed so beautifully in how the film is constructed you know because again this is a very it's a it's a you know it's one of those snooty films it's all about fucking metaphors um yeah 
but the way that it draws those metaphors together, um, I think, um, and we, I've already gone into detail about, I think how his aesthetic approach is very special, but just to sort of put a cap on it, I, I think that I wanna break down specifically the last shot of the film, um, which I think is one of the best shots in all of cinema. Um, it's, it's not a particularly showy one, you know, it, like again, comparing him to Scorsese again, like, you know, everyone loves the Copacabana entrance in Goodfellas, you know, it's a very sh showy shot. It's, you know, you, you notice that shot, um, and, which is not to disparage it. There's a reason everyone loves that long take. You know, there's a reason it was parodied in uh, uh, fucking- What was John, it? John Favreau movie. Um, oh, Swingers. Swingers, that's it, yeah. Uh, real quick, real quick about the long shot. Because I was thinking about it earlier. How weird is it that one guy that says everything two times and everyone's just like, yeah, isn't that a regular thing? You know, you know, you have that one guy in your group that says everything two, doesn't have a stutter, just says everything two times exactly. It's weird. But, it's very weird. Sorry. Sorry. Continue your, your actual point. You're making. But anyway, um, you know, the last shot of the movie begins with, um, so it's got the, the two children who um, are, you know, standing in for Tarkovsky and his sister as children. Um, and they're being led away from their cabin. You know, the, the cabin that in a lot of ways the whole movie is centered on, this place that he spent yeah. during the war, um, that is an exact recreation of the um, cabin that, that he actually grew up in. Um, that apparently, like when his mother saw it, she cried. It was so close a recreation. Um, oh. and, um, and the shot immediately previous to this is, um, you know, a shot of his mother and father when they're still together, when they're first pregnant with their first child, um, kind of wondering about whether or not it's going to be a boy or a girl. And is that him? No, it's it's the actor playing his father. Um, no, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. Is it's he not, the it's first not, child? I don't. I don't know whether he or his sister is older. Um, oh, yeah, okay. Continue. Sorry. But you know, just the way that it cuts from um, this moment of expectation, like when it looks like you know when they're still hopeful for the pro for their prospects as, as a family, which we know at this point is weighted with all of this tragedy and disappointment and trauma. But they don't know that in the moment. But the way that it yeah. transitions from that into them as children being walked away from this cabin by their mother, who at this point is not played by the woman who's been playing the mother in most of these scenes, but played by Tarkovsky's actual mother. Yeah. Uh, is leading them down this road through this field at uh, golden hour, you know, right at sunset when, you know, the light is most beautiful. Um, she leads them down this road away from the cabin past a cross in the field, which there's some obvious symbolism there. Um, but then the, they, they walk past the cross and then just kind of out into the field. And the two children go and play and frolic in the field. Um, again, like, you know, we know everything that's going to happen to them. We, we know how much trauma there's going to be. But for this moment, they're, they're free and they're, yeah. um, they're happy. They're unburdened by all of that. Um, and then the camera slowly pulls back from there into a forest, um, into these you know, dark silhouettes of trees. Um, 
which you know clearly represent you know death um you know the the dark future but at the same time you know one of the first scenes in the movie um when the the mother encounters this traveling doctor who has this whole monologue about how you know do you think the trees think and feel like do you think that and if they do how unbothered they must be you know how perhaps we would be happier if we could be if we could strive to be more like them to have no ambition you know i'm, I'm not getting it exactly right this is but this, yeah this we is get the, the spirit yeah that you know to have no ambitions beyond simply existing and enjoying the natu natural world um and so as the camera pulls back into these trees you know it's uh, again it's it's dark and it's you know this all of the stuff that's waiting for these children but it's also um everything the doctor talked about it's this very complicated symbol where all of these things are core are happening all at once and he's drawing on every symbol in the movie at the same time in a way and then just slowly you know as the the trees kind of overwhelm the frame and there's just darkness it, it fades to black and it's again it's not like a very showy move in the way that a Scorsese showy move is, but there is this movement that brings this kind of deeper meaning to the shot that's very complicated and draws on all of these ideas of recursion and permanence and impermanence and fate and everything else in a way that's very subtle, but if you're paying attention to it, it feels like this moment where all of the ideas in the movie kind of cohere and you're left with like 12 different like contradictory, but also complementary like thoughts and feelings that is, um, I don't know. I find it incredibly moving. Yeah. Why couldn't you just say that? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I hadn't, I hadn't picked up on that in my watch of it, but you explaining it to me there definitely did something to me i definitely had a moment while you were explaining that yeah and i think you know right and 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 in a way i mean you know what a beautiful thing you know like 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 like, like you know like 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 you know just to get a little meta like you know we call you, you know the whole reason we have this podcast is because we we're two men that love movies you know what i mean right and we love them for, um, you know, right, right. I, I, I think both of us love the entertainment value of oh, movies. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. But I think that you, when we, at least when we started this podcast, you know, and I had been moved by movies absolutely before we started this podcast. But I think you brought to this when we first, and I'm getting a little retrospective because we've been doing this now almost two years. Yeah. Uh, we were talking before we started doing this. Um, like you definitely had more of an appreciation for that than I did. You know what I mean? Right. Like if you, like when we started this, it was like, Matt, like what's a movie that really moved you? Like I probably could have come up with one, but like, not like that. You know what I mean? Right. And now like, 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 I don't know, like what a beautiful thing, like this medium is that we love that like, that like something like that can be expressed by this man that speaks that 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 that, that has a life or, or had a life so foreign to ours like literally foreign right yeah. but also but also just like 
the experience he had or, 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 or the experiences that he had are ones that not only haven't we had, but we could have never had. And yet in his expression of, 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 of recounting those experiences, he, he, he shows something so universal. You know, it's like we were talking about when we first started talking about mirror, you know, like, like, you know, when you were talking about, like, if you want to make universal, you, you know, get, you know, like you said, like regional, you know what I mean? Right. But get specific to your own experience. And in that, like, I'm starting to understand that worker from, a, from a Novo Sibirsk, you know right. what I mean? That you were talking about, like, you know, um, yeah, like, because, you know, right. And, you know, and, you know, I have my own experiences, um, you know, for instance, like, like, you know, like, you know, that resonate uh, at certain parts of this movie as a divorced man, uh, right. you know, but, uh, you know, who had a, who had a child young, uh, but, you know, it's, um, yeah, man, no, it, it's, it's, you know what? I don't get it, <laughs> but dear, dear sweet listener, maybe you will. And it's for free on YouTube. You know what I mean? And it's not that long a movie. It's like an hour 48. Not bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, honestly, that is why I assigned it to you. Cause I was like, I want to yeah. give, I want to give you a Tarkovsky. And there was this like equation I did in my head where I was like, Mirror is probably the hardest movie he's made. None of his movies are easy, but that's really some like graduate level Tarkovsky shit, even by Tarkovsky yeah. standards. It's like, but as much as I think he'd enjoy the vibe of Stalker, it's like two and a half hours long. Yeah, yeah. Imagining me watching Stalker like two and a half hours, just being like, just just like nodding off of being like, okay, no, I gotta got it the vibes the vibes are good because the vibes do look good for that it might be a good movie just for you and i to watch sometime but you know what I mean, right uh what's it called? actually we should do that for our next movie night we should for like nick cage movie night and not tell any of them just gonna give this great movie here just trust me what's yeah. it called? let me just put on stalker just it's just, the I'm at, video game yeah <laughs> imagine because i feel like jared might appreciate it because jared's a low-key cinephile but like no not that kind he would not yep 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 yeah 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 i was trying to I, I as soon as i said i was like i'm giving him more credit than he deserves mike mike watching stalker would be pretty because i feel like mike would either immediately like he'd be like that is the greatest movie of all time and mike would go down this like weird road where he just becomes like 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 us i guess you know what i mean or he would be so mad the latter <laughs> Mike, Mike eating forty chicken McNuggets, watching stock. <laughs> oh man, yeah, no, um, I don't know. I'm kind of at a loss for what to say. I mean, I, I think what you just said might have been one of the most beautiful things you've said on this podcast, and I feel like anything I try to add to it, I can't. No. That is, that is, yeah, no, no, I got nothing. I got, you, you, Rob, you've made me speechless, which I mean, I'm not, I'm still talking, but you know, my version of speechless. Which is just repeating the same phrase over and over again. Waiting. Well, because there can't be silence. Yeah, waiting for like some sort of out, outside influence to free you from your verbal prison. <laughs> well, anyway, it's so hard being me. The movies, folks, they're good. 
They're good. They're good. They're great. We love the movie. About halfway through us talking about Mirror, I remembered what my movie was, and man, I don't know if you thought it, but I had a big old smile on my face. Oh yeah, so I guess it's time. You want to? I guess it is. New streak. Yeah, you know what? I mean, this isn't as bad. I mean, we we talk. I, I I bring it up a lot, but this it's not as much of a digression from. I need to re-listen to act to our act of killing and epic movie one. I really need to re-listen to that. I mean, honestly, like I think uh, an underrated one you mentioned earlier is the Turin Horse and the Animal. Um, oh, I forgot it was the Animal yeah. was the one. God, both both of these movies are better than both of those movies. But, yes, yeah, no, no. The Turin Horse and the Animal was because, like. Because like, because like, because like, the act of killing hurt, right? But like, the act of killing hurt in such a beautiful way that yeah. it was almost that, that 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 like. I remember like, I remember like leaving that thinking like, every person needs to see this movie. Like, I legitimately think it would have like almost like a Takuno Lum, like a healing effect mm-hmm. for the world to experience the pain of the act of killing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus. I do not feel that way about the turn horse. I do not feel that. They don't. I, I immediately was like, was like, was like, what, what happened in 1956 was absolutely justified. Mm, okay. Yep. Yep. That was my, that was my position. <laughs> I was like, absolutely. Taking a strongly pro Politburo stance on this podcast. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. Not a Marxist stance. Just nope. Nope. I stand. I stand with the KGB. Who? Oh man, we got to talk briefly about the fact that, like, there's like not like as much as like it's very plausible that like just wandering around chemical dump sites might have killed Andrei Tarkovsky. There's like a not insignificant amount of evidence that the KGB might have, because I mean, so there were apparently I, I didn't research too deeply into any of this, so this could all be 100% bullshit. This is not a history podcast. This is not a political podcast. This is, I read something on Wikipedia related to the film podcast. So, okay. like, apparently there are, like, multiple KGB like operatives who have, after the fall of the Soviet Union, been like, yeah, the head of the KGB did order us to poison Tarkovsky. Um, and apparently yeah. there's some documentation to that effect as well. And a couple of the doctors who worked with Tarkovsky um, were like, yeah, that, that that cancer could not have been caused naturally. Um, yep, yep, yep. And, and if there's one thing the KGB loves doing, it is giving you a weird cancer. Yes, and I mean, as much as it's is as it is like kind of darkly amusing to like imagine someone being that upset about like an art film director, <laughs> but like I mean, he was one of the like 
the most prominent directors in Europe at that time. Like the, yep. the when the Soviet Union did not allow Mirror to be screened at Cannes, um, and and the the head of Cannes threatened to boycott all Soviet films going forward if they did not allow it to be screened, which didn't end up going through. But just he, as much as a weird fucking avant-garde artist as Tarkovsky was, like he was a man with some influence. You know, he was. Oh yeah. Um, and the last thing I will say about his death is that again. Had, the dude had some weird spiritual beliefs and immediately before like being diagnosed with the like rare form of lung cancer that would kill him he declared on the set of his final movie the sacrifice i am immortal and will not die <laughs> i don't know i don't know if that's his version of a joke or if he was being somehow facetious but those were his words according and he said that Wikipedia, Wait, was that the, was the sacrifice, what's it called? You said that was the last movie. That wasn't produced in the Soviet Union though, right? He'd already yeah, defected. That, that was, yeah, that was made. So he made one more movie in Italy, Nostalgia. And then his last movie he made in Sweden using a bunch of Bergman's people, including Sven Nykvist, the guy who shot Persona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, chances are, listen, listen, say what you want about the KGB, right? But they, you know, they had like one guy on set watching his ass. And probably he was just like, yeah, he said he's immortal, and then you could totally see just the KGB guy just being like, "Whoa, whoa, guess what? No, you're fucking not. No, you're fucking not." I see a fine opportunity for dramatic irony here. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Oh boy, listen here, art boy. You're. <laughs> oh man, that is. Oh man, you know what? In a weird way, I hope they did because that's a better story. You know what I mean? <laughs> what a more what a more tragic end for this man that clearly like loved his country but just had weird shit going on in his own kind of like existential mind yeah. to be then killed by his country because they thought he was too annoying. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird life, man. It's a weird life all the way down. But. It is. It is. The, the, now another man who his country has tried to kill him several times, Martin Lawrence. Yes. So it is time to discuss the film Blue Streak, Blue Streak. From 1999. Roll that trailer. He planned the heist. Come here, gorgeous. He stole the rock. And he hid it in a safe place. Put your hands up. You're under arrest. Two years later. I'm free! Damn! When I left, you was like, click it out. Now you like problem. His hiding place <laughs> is not what it used to be. Is this really a police station? Of course. Now, <laughs> to get back to his rock. Piece of delivery for robbery, homicide. There's two kinds of people that get through that door. People wearing handcuffs, people wearing a badge. He'll need the ultimate disguise. <laughs> I'm a detective. <laughs> I know the real reason that you're here. You're the new lead detective. Me? We're gonna be partners, and this thing's like a marriage. It's more like a one-night stand. Wham, bam, thank you, officer. He's keeping the peace. Put your hands on the pavement. Miles, Tully. Protecting the innocent. We don't get that kind of training at the academy. Believe that. And taking the law. This is okay. I'm a cop. 
into his own hands. If my client gets so much as a scratch on him... You can't touch me. Ow! Detective! If he walks like it... How'd you get so good? Talks like it... You might want to buckle up. He's gotta be... I'm an officer of the law. Full of it. Just who the hell are you working for? I'm a federale. You're Mexican? I guess I can see it. Glasses. Martin Lawrence. <laughs> Blue Streak. Every movie I assign. Every movie I assign. Like, you could just... Some, sometime late 90s, early 2000s. When that was roughly 10. So I Roll guess we back from the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can cut that. No, I don't think we need to. It's just, but you're, I mean, you're right. Like this does have some strong like, yeah. history vibes. When... Yeah. Rob actually did say to me, Rob's like, Rob's like, you might want to start assigning movies from a different era. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Move like five years in either direction from like 97 to 2004. Like, yeah, that is, that is, God, I might actually, I mean, I won't, but I thought briefly about like just going through all the movies I've assigned. Like if you made like a bar graph, they're like all in that era. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, mean, yeah. Wait 100%, but a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like if it's lower than 80%, I'll be honestly shocked. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 then you'll be like, oh wait, what was like night what was in the 40s? And then you go and it's like, oh it's happening to Stella. All right. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So Blue Streak, uh uh, don't know who directed it, don't care. Uh Des Mayfield. How do I know that name? So do you want to know what else he directed? Yeah. Uh so I'm gonna I'm gonna go go out on a limb and say these are exactly the movies you would have expected him to direct so first effort encino man <clears throat> uh second effort uh the remake of miracle on 34th street okay. then flubber <laughs> then uh blue streak at which point he kind of finds his lane um you know, a little bit of a left turn here is american outlaws um weird like Colin Farrell in his drunk era Western, um, but you know from there on out it's 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 strong like Blue Streak esque branding. You've got the man, uh, mm-hmm. with, uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Eugene Levy, and mm-hmm. then uh, his final effort to date, a code name the cleaner with Cedric the Entertainer. <laughs> I watched about half that movie. I remember I watched about half that movie on on the illegal cable setup that my dad had and i watched about half of that and then was just like i don't have to watch the second half of this i don't have to watch the rest of it and if, if you turned it off you know it's good <laughs> it's, it's like it's like it, like how funny is it that cedric the entertainer is a person i gotta be honest he's someone i have had like very little exposure to like i'm a, i'm certainly aware of him as a, a presence haunting the outer rims of american comedy but yeah like i've never like seen any of his stuff as best as i can remember yeah i i, I think i've seen 
uh, uh, more than most people of my demographic. But like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I went through a weird Kings of Comedy phase. That is uh, completely unsurprising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Let's go. Did you watch a Bernie Mac show? Nope. I mean, that was that. Maybe seen an episode, but not. Yeah. Yeah. My my family my family would watch the Bernie Mac. That was appointment uh, television at my household. Watching the Bernie Mac show, which was which was a lot of it. By God, you're an animal. You're a that's Rob. I expect that from me. You, I expect. Okay. So for the listener who cannot see what I just did. Oh, prior to this, <clears throat> we were talking about how one of the downsides of every episode being seven hours long is that our throats get a little sore. And yeah. I had, a, I had a little bit of a cold this week. So I've already got all of my cold supplies right here on my desk. It's like, you know, I'm going to head off that throat tickle at the pass. I've already got this honey here. I'm just going to take a shot. Yeah. No, no. Uh, discovering honey is like a, a, a an analgesic for your throat was such a fucking like because i just discovered that in like the last year my kid's doctor has been telling me that for years and i've been like all right lady right but then i did it to myself and i was like oh man i mean would... not only does it work it's like oh no i have to just drink <laughs> some honey like i'm Pooh bear how poor me never wanted to <laughs> oh. drink a can of honey Oh no! Well, I guess if I must. Oh, you know what? My throat really hurts. Yeah. I guess I'll have a little more. Yeah, yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still, I still also do just do the Dayquil. What's it called? Yeah, I've got that too. Well, yeah, yeah, well. yeah. Remember, my ex was like, oh, "No, never mind. We don't have to talk about that." But anyway, yeah, no. Anyway, hey, bit of self censorship. Yeah, Blue Street. What's it called? So Martin Lawrence. second visit from Sir Martin Lawrence. And I would say yep, yep. a significant improvement over the likes of Black Knight. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Blue saying a whole lot. This is still not a great movie, but like in places is, I would say, functional. In places is also very much not. Um, so my kind of, well, I should let you begin. This is your film. What would you like to say about <laughs> I guess, sorry, I'm getting called on Instagram for some reason. <laughs> um, what's up? No, 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 no. What? I didn't know you could call people on Instagram. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm in an Instagram chat with a bunch of people I know from Twitter, and they do voice <laughs> chats. <laughs> you have, so you already have one DM. You guys are just like, let's create a second DM just on another platform just because? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah. Basically, it was a way for us to be like, all right, explain the people. Let's confirm that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. 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 We do. Uh, there's one guy. I'll tell you about it off pod. Uh, about this guy. Um, yep. A little sad face from him. Yep. Well, that makes sense, buddy. It's pretty sad. But anyway, uh, no. Um, uh, but so Blue Street, so, so by, as we said, Sir Martin Lawrence, uh, DC's finest, uh, what's it called? Basically had this run. Um, so I never watched the show Martin, which is where I think he gained a lot of his, um, initial, cause I believe he is a, so, so Martin Lawrence was a standup yep. that then went to TV and then from there starts making movies. Yeah. Uh, I believe was his trajectory. 
Yeah. Did you ever watch Martin or no? No. And from what yeah. I from what I understand, like I, I again, I've never seen it, but like I've heard a lot of people who like it. Like it seems like that might be his kind of like if you want to get like primo Martin Lawrence, that might be the best place to get it. Yeah. So I like loved any of his film work. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was a real well. Because that, I mean, that, that was all right. Like you know, of the yeah, way, yeah, like gay stuff. Like that's kind of the lane I prefer him in. It's, it's yeah. not my favorite, but it's like it's passable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not gonna. I mean, especially Bad Boys Two. I mean, Bad Boys Two is 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 almost a perfect movie. You know what I mean? I, well, I, actually, I have not seen two. I've seen the first one, but oh, you've not seen Bad Boys Two? No. Oh fuck! Oh man! Oh, I kind of want to pick. I kind of want to change my movie for you then. That's fine. What's it called? Do- yeah, no, I am. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That's what you're watching. Yeah, because that is a that's a that's a great movie. That and also a comfort movie. Absolutely. Uh, I've been watching. We just, since we just did a lot of Bay recently, but whatever. Oh, oh no 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 okay okay no 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 you're right and honestly i would rather talk about the other one okay all right yeah 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 but i'm gonna I'm, I, I need to remember to keep that in my back pocket because yeah because we did just do a lot of bay recently i forgot about that yeah. uh yeah yeah literally like two months ago but anyway uh no but so but so you know, you, you know and that and that stand up to tv to movies um you know i mean that I don't know. I mean, you might push back against this, but I feel like that doesn't happen as much now as it did like 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 the late '90s, early 2000s, and before that. But I feel like late '90s, early 2000s, it was a real vector for that, and 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 specifically because you see a lot of people kind of do that with you know go from stand up to SNL to then they make like you know like some SNL movies and then kind of go from that to make movies. Yeah, um, there was like there was very much like a stand-up comedy boom in that era, but like you don't see that happening as much now. Like you, cer- there's certain like there's a lot of stand-up now. Like obviously, yeah, and I, I think that like the streamers have really opened that up a lot. Like that is one thing that they yeah. have. To, like, there's a lot more like stand. There are a lot more stand-up specials available right now. But like, yeah, I think the thing that has kept that from transitioning into more like comedy stars is again not to constantly beat the everything is bad now drum like they just don't make that many comedies anymore no you no. See, you see a decent amount of the like transition from like stand up to like netflix tv show but like yeah yeah or podcast that's the big one. A lot of it goes there. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Them monetizing podcasts, like, like, like podcast, like, 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 like the ability now, because that was, I mean, I mean, who, who did like Stern, but he wasn't a, but he wasn't a standup. He was, he was, he was, he was, he was from, from like, like, like his young years, a radio guy. You know what I mean? Like, like, like you had, you had radio guys and yeah, they could be funny. Like Howard Stern was funny. Right. But like, like you had like radio guys and then you had stand-ups and those were two separate lanes, right? Where like now, like, yeah, if you're funny enough, you would just yeah, like 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 you were saying, like that's the big thing now is 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 having a monetized podcast, whether that's Patreon or whether that's ads or both, 
You know what I mean? And just being able to make a legitimate living just doing that. Like you don't, you don't necessarily have to get a pilot now. You know what I mean? I mean, there, there, I think it, there is a lot of that still. Like, you know, of course. you know, a million comedians who yeah. make TV shows, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But like, I mean, you were talking about that, that like formerly very real thing of like stand up to SNL to movie star from that. But yeah. like, what's the last like big SNL movie? Like, I, there, yeah. there has to be a, a more recent one, but the most recent one I can think of off the top of my head is Bridesmaids. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that I, I, I was thinking like, yeah, like, like, because you had that little period where, because like Bridesmaids, MacGruber, like, like, MacGruber like, was not big. MacGruber was not big. MacGruber was not okay. Like, if we're just talking about movies, that, like, I mean, this is the most recent one that I can think of that will like made any money, but I don't think it really counts is ghostbusters the you know yeah Lady ghostbusters. yeah like that's you know the but that but yeah that's that, but that is a that's it's a franchise yeah. not so much uh that, that that's a franchise that is a franchise that 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 started from that original stand-up to snl to yeah 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 that's just them rebooting and then just being like oh okay we'll just put a bunch of snl people in it you yeah. know what i mean yeah, uh, but no. But, it but, started yeah, no. with it started with Dan Aykroyd believes all of this is real. Um, <laughs> and, Did he believe all of it was real while they were making Ghostbusters? Oh, I'm like his uh, his original draft for Ghostbusters was like so much weirder. It was about there was like interdimensional portals and like I don't I don't know if it was even that much of a comedy. I didn't um, know. That. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, Bill Murray's a whole mythology mapped out about like how the ghost dimension works and whatever. And one of one of the funniest things about like what it became is there's no mythology whatsoever. Like if you think about like all of the different ghosts in the original Ghostbusters, like each of them looks like they're from a different like species of haunting thing. Like Slyther yeah. and Gozer do not like they look like they're from the same mythology. But no, no, a, not at all. And this is for kids, you know. This is a yeah. This is a vehicle for Bill Murray to get off some witticisms, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, imagining, imagining, like, like the like what must have transpired of like Ackroyd kind of like pitching that to like to like Harold Ramis and Bill Murray with him just being like, "Dan, what the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah, and I mean, I think it was. Um, uh, Reitman, who was just was just like this is no it's got to be like this is a move okay we got to like make this something anyone would give a shit this is about people trying to start a small business let's just go with that yeah 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 but you know yeah. people can relate to that yeah exactly yeah yeah you know somebody you know how old like accurate or or or, or uh, Akron. Akron was uh when he like i think started on snl i don't know yeah, he was like twenty-one. Yeah, I mean that that makes yeah. sense. He's not as he's yeah. not as old as he is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's pretty. Have you seen? I sent you the picture of 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 his vodka, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It comes in a skull. That's right. Yeah, he's a yeah interesting guy. He's an interesting guy. Um, yeah, but uh, but anyway, uh, but so 
but so yeah 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 so so you have this comedy boon uh or the stand-up comedy boon right in in the in the 90s right right and and, and early 2000s right and you have that pipeline of of, of your standard comedian uh, you 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 get a pilot you get syndicated and then from there hollywood comes and they say okay we're gonna make some comedies with you and you have this built-in audience and then also just people like going out and seeing comedies you know what i mean right you know right and 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 martin lawrence is an african-american gentleman right so they're like we're gonna get african-american people to come out right we're gonna get like 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 just regular people that like comedies to come out right like we're gonna hit all the demographics right which they love to do and that, right? that's the thing that like makes me saddest about comedies as specifically as movies disappears it, it is other than maybe horror it is the genre that is best experienced in a crowd yes 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 absolutely absolutely i mean like maybe maybe my favorite movie going experience it's funny it wasn't a comedy but it became that it was snow white in the huntsman which yeah 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 have i talked about it on the pod so many times oh okay 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 well anyway yeah yes yeah. so then you know what that is that but, but like yeah yes. yeah 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 but like but like but like yes like that is it is a it is it is what the movie theater experience is made for you know what i mean and or well, partially you know obviously right but 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 I mean, the, the two best like theatrical experiences i've had in the last few years were get out and jackass forever Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was... And it's not like, you know, in either case, people were like shouting shit at the screen. That's not what I'm talking about. Just you you feed off other people's energy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like when we went and saw Jackass Forever, like, 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 you know, it was us and our boys. Right. But then also the other people in here and all of us reacting together to the same thing, just being like, Oh my fuck! There are so many bees on Steve-O's dick on this like poor like like forty-five-year-old man who's just like, well, this is how I make money. Let's do yeah. it. You know what I mean? Uh, like, like, but it was so beautiful and like, and like, and like, I, I, you could put a fucking gun to my head. I couldn't name you another recent comedy. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm sure they've happened, but like, you just don't. This is this is a product of, of of unfortunately a bygone era, right? But so you have Martin Lawrence, you have Martin Lawrence, right? A a a, a you know another thing, you know a a comedy star, right? Yeah. Which is another thing that doesn't really exist anymore. You know what I mean? Like 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 the I mean, I guess what's the closest thing we have to a comedy like Pete Davidson? What movie is he from? The but that's the thing, yeah, no, yeah, no one saw that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely, no, 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 no. Like, 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 like the 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 only. <laughs> Did you see the thing? Britney Spears shared some Pete Davidson video and was like, "I don't know who this guy is, but he's hilarious or something like." Mm. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, what I was like, what a blessed life. Good for you, Britney. But no, but no one has ever described Britney Spears' life as blessed before. But I am. She's living her best life right now. She's doing great. Right now, right, right, specifically, right now, starting like a few weeks ago or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. It looks like her mid forties are going well, uh, but, 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 but no, but that's the thing, right? Like, 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 like this. Even Pete David, because he's like, he just fucks all these famous women. You know what I mean, right? Like, 
like, like, like, but he's not, but you're right, but he's not a comedy star. He's like a tabloid star, basically, at this point, right? Like, like we don't have real comedy stars anymore. You know what I mean? Not like, not like a, not like a Martin Lawrence type, not like, uh, like an Adam Sandler type. You know what I mean? That's what the world is missing. Martin Lawrence. We need more Martin Lawrence. We do. Can you imagine if we lived in a world with a Martin Lawrence right now? I mean, I know he's not. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Really, I'm trying to pivot us back to the movie. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, 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 you know, so again, so in these Martin Lawrence movies, what you see is throughout basically every one of his movies, Martin Lawrence plays uh, a, a version of Martin Lawrence, right? Yeah, I mean, but that's, I mean, that's that's as old as movies, like. Actors, yeah. you know, stars had a persona, and you can riff on that yeah. persona. But like, and some people's are more flexible than others, and you know, some people yeah. play against it a lot. But like, you know, especially with like comedians like this, like Sandler always, almost always plays Sandler. You know. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah. It's just different versions of Sandler. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But 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 you know right. But 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 the Martin Lawrence movies I've seen at least they kind of follow this pattern of okay. Martin Lawrence is is kind of living this one life and then whoop, something wild happens, right? And then he starts to have to kind of, then he has to adjust to this new world that he's in. You know what I mean? Whether that is, whether that is, you know, medieval England, right? Or, uh, or being a, being an LAPD police officer. You know what I mean? Even though he's not actually an LAPD police officer. He's a jewel thief. He's a, which, which let me just say, let me just say, like, like how, how many jewel thieves are there? You know what I mean? I mean, in movies a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, when's the, like, like, how often do you hear about a heist happening? You know what I mean? And like, they do happen sometimes. It's, it's not a complete no. fabrication of the films. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. I'm not saying that it is. I'm just saying, I'm just saying like, 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 but like these guys who's like their whole job is like they are heistmen. You know what I mean? Right? Right. And 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 for the heist, for the heist, right? To steal a $17 million diamond, which I don't know a lot about diamonds, you know what I mean? But money. Yeah, that's that's a lot of money for a single, not that big diamond. You know what I mean? the hope diamond it's just a regular ass diet it, it, it's, it's not that bit is what i'm saying right you know what i mean but anyway it's apparently worth 17 million dollars so they said four guys you know what i mean and that includes dave Chappelle, who is there listen because you know dave Chappelle is also just playing dave Chappelle in this right another dc legend uh fuck ohio no offense maggie i'm sorry what's it called uh or or my girlfriend i guess who's also from ohio but anyway well sort of anyway not important point is What's it called? Point is, is that uh, uh, Dave Chappelle is actually. You know what? No, never mind. Ohio, you can have Dave Chappelle. Uh, you know what? So I'll make this easy for you. So basic plot setup: there's a jewel thief. And- I was wondering when you were gonna bust it. <clears throat> jewel thief. He's a jewel thief. Movie opens with a heist. Team of guys steal a diamond. Heist goes wrong. They get found out. Um, and. Right, right as Martin Lawrence is about to get arrested, you know they're on a they've escaped to a construction site, and he drops a um, the diamond in an air vent. He you know spends a few years in prison, 
gets out, he's discovered, oh, whoops, what, you know, the uh, construction site is now a police precinct. So he has to impersonate a detective to gain access to this police precinct. He gets assigned to robbery homicide. There's a whole eventual thing, you know, with like a drug lord and, you know, he's got to step up as a cop, but, you know, the whole time he's trying to get yep. And it's a whole fish out of water thing. So we've got the basic plot superstructure set up. So we can yeah. now have the rambling discussion that you and I both want to have. Okay, okay. First off, he gets two years for that robbery. Seems like a not long enough amount of time for that sort of robbery. You know what I mean? I don't know. Nonviolent, you know, or the the libs make sure that we have a revolving door prison system. So. That's true. That's true. Especially in the Republic of California. Let me tell you. Yeah. Let me tell you something. The thing this uh, country doesn't do, do enough is incarcerate people. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Now, listen, listen, I am no prison abolitionist. Some people need to go to jail. So, all right. Like, um, like, uh, well, like that Hungarian guy that made the Turin horse. He needs to go to jail. Well, he's dead, isn't he? No. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, then, well, then, that I, that I don't respect that. He needs to go to jail. Actually, even if he was dead, he still needs to go to jail. You know, put his body in jail. Artists who displeased you. Yes, yes. Yes. No, this is a pro, at least half pro Politburo podcast. Okay. Yeah. So I'll let you take that position, whatever. So, so here, here's my basic take, yeah. um, which you get from like, like scene one is that from moment to moment, really from scene to scene, like it feels like this movie had two different, like, two writers who were like trading off duties each scene, and two directors who were also trading off. Because like, from scene to scene, this movie is very different tonally. Like it's yes. it two. It's almost like there are two movies that were just smushed together. Which you know, knowing everything about Hollywood's development process, would not be surprising. Like scripts go through like insane rewrites all the time like people with incredibly different takes like end up like completely changing what something originally was conceived as um you know even like once you get into production like it's not uncommon for like i don't just there to be weird onset power struggles and like incoherent like um uh, strategies for what a movie is supposed to be that end up with these like weird misshapen lumping things that like aren't any really one thing and are just a collection of a different a number of different contradictory impulses and this kind of feels like that um you know there's this story that um this is a complete tangent doesn't have anything to do with what i'm trying to say but i thought of it so i'm gonna say it but um, say it baby remember like it was like i guess like 10 or 15 years ago at this point um maybe even longer there was that like russell crowe robin hood movie directed by oh my god yeah the initial conception for that it was a uh a spec script called nottingham um that was supposed to be like the robin hood story from the perspective of the sheriff of nottingham um you know i think you told me about this yeah because i think my reaction was oh man i kind of want to see that movie yeah, it's, you know, it's an idea. It's something different. Yeah. You know? um, it's a take. And then, yeah. like, at some point in the development process, they, like, you know, they do need a Robin Hood. And, you know, Russell Crowe is Russell Crowe, and he expresses some interest in playing Robin Hood. 
The issue then becoming that as soon as you have someone of that caliber playing Rup, playing Robin Hood, it starts to get yeah. balanced and up Robin Hood's screen time a little bit. And Russell, God bless him, great actor, but you know, he starts having thoughts. And gradually over the course of months and months of development, eventually what was originally conceived of as Nottingham eventually just becomes Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. Robin Hood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I literally couldn't even tell you. I've seen that movie. I couldn't tell you who plays the fucking sheriff of Nottingham in that movie. Right. And I, I mean, yeah. just because so, so much of this movie kind of feels like, uh, you know, in the night, like one of the other things that you had in the 90s was this like um, subgenre of like, you know, dark crime comedy. You know, you got yeah. And you and for your leading lights, you have like the Coen Brothers and Tarantino, but you know they've yeah. got your Get Shorty, you've got your <clears throat> million other knockoffs. Um, yeah. Um, and this movie kind of feels like a middling example of that. Like not a great movie, but like a passable like crime comedy, like full of character actors, you know, who who like elevate you know some okay material. You know, You've got you've got um, John Hawks from Deadwood for like three minutes. Um, mm. Got like fucking Oleg Krupa showing up as your drug dealer at the end. He's yeah. Cool. Um, Peter yeah. Bean, um, notable for uh, being Zed in Pulp Fiction and also being yep. really into heroin. Um, yep. 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 Man loves heroin. Yep. Man loves heroin. Uh, fuck, even fucking Luke Wilson, like, could kind of go either way. Um, but like, yeah, I, I've often enjoyed Luke Wilson in movies. Um, oh, yeah, weird to see him in a movie without Owen. Always weird to see him in a weird, uh, weird to see him in a movie without Owen. You know what I mean? A little bit. It's, it's a little bit like this is a very insulting comparison. He's significantly better than this, but it always feels a little bit like, really, you're giving me a, a Rob Schneider vehicle? He's not just going to be like second fiddle to Sandler? you know but yeah exactly yeah 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 significantly better than that like i don't very yeah. insulting comparison just it, it's got a little bit of that vibe of like yeah brother striking out on his own you're like i don't know buddy but i don't know i like idiocracy although you know what i'll say you know what i'll say every rob schneider movie sandler makes an appearance yeah that's true yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but but uh but yeah no no well, well, well it, 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 so, let me let's, let me just finish my point real quick yeah oh please finish your point so you've got that that half of the movie and I'll, I'll give him credit martin lawrence is good in that half of the movie it's a solid half of the movie um you know it's not it's not the best movie i've ever seen but it's perfectly watchable it is functional and then every other scene seemingly it just turns into let's just let martin cook baby you know yeah um, yeah yeah and there's just, there's no, they don't cohere in any way. They're totally different movies. Like there's this, the sequence like kind of early on when he's like first decided to impersonate a cop where- Oh my God. He, he attempts to first gain entry to the building by impersonating a pizza guy. And he just wears the, the biggest, dumbest, stupidest buck tooth, like 1999, like- I don't even like hip hop hooligan yeah. one outfit. Like it's hard to like, it's one of those things that like, okay, 
obviously I am not the arbiter of this. Martin Lawrence is a black man. Still feels kind of fucking racist. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I was literally, I was literally thinking that as I watched it. And right then when you brought it up, I was like, oh yeah, that was tough. That was, yeah. that was tough. That was, tough. that was tough. Just imagining Luke Wilson having to act next to that, just kind of be like, oh man, I'm going to just say every line as it was written and that is what I am going to do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, no, but for that scene, wild. it is as bad as anything in Black Knight. Yes. Then, yes. then the, next, the next scene is him going to meet with, and, and it's important to note this, like the character is stupid in that scene. Like he is acting like an idiot. It's a bad plan because the movie, everyone else, or like he is acting like a <laughs> character. Everyone else around him is still acting like a normal person. Like you can have your character act like a cartoon character in a cartoon and it makes sense. Yeah. When you have them act like a cartoon character in the real world, they just come off as a fucking idiot. So for yeah. one scene, he is like borderline brain damage dumb. It's. <laughs> Then in the next scene, he goes, uh, he, he transitions into his plan to impersonate a detective. And he goes to meet with his fake ID guy. And for that scene, he's like an experienced criminal who can have like a normal conversation with like a guy he does business with. And, you know, they're yeah. adults. You know, it feels like a scene, again, out of like one of those like sub Coen brothers, like crime movies. Like not to that yeah. level. Coen Brothers level, but in that that universe, you know, it feels like that kind of movie. (laughs) Then in the next scene, as, you know, Martin Lawrence is waiting for his fake ID to be made, he goes to a motel and is watching cops and is like shooting at the screen like he's a child. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the scene after that, he goes back to meet with his ID guy again and is again acting like a normal, competent criminal adult. Like from scene yeah. to scene, the movie and the character and the tone completely change. Yeah, yeah. But what? But but what I'll say is, what I'll say is, that's how you know that this was not a Robin Hood situation because <laughs> that that is every Martin Lawrence film. Because Martin Lawrence, Martin Lawrence, does, he 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 inhibits inhibits inhabits two two main traits of every character he plays. One is that they are a fucking clown. They are just a person acting right. like a clown in public in a way that would be jarring if you saw it in real life. In a way that you would say to someone later in your life, like, we would like, maybe, you know, we call each other on the phone occasionally. If you saw someone acting like that, you would call me and be like, hey, you never believe so I saw this guy. He was like, I don't know, like doing all this weird shit. What's it called? He was he was a pizza delivery guy, but he was throwing the pizza boxes around. Like, what the fuck was that? You know what I mean? Like, 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 like a like a complete and total idiot buffoon. And then the second one is 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 his characters always are extremely competent. Like at the same time, you know what I mean? Right? Like in like in Black Knight, he is a total clown for so much of that movie, and then he'll just be like. Oh yeah, and also, uh, what's it called? Like, like I'm also a master swordsman after like a day of training. You know what I mean? What I'll say for that is, I mean, in Black Knight, it felt like, you know, we've hit the third act. Now he just, you know, 
what's supposed to happen in these screenplays is he's supposed to get his shit together and he's supposed to save the day. And we don't really know how to do any of the work for that or just aren't interested in writing that. So we'll just have it happen. You know, there it felt more like just lazy writing. Here it feels because his character for the first two acts in Black Knight is fairly consistent. He's just, he's a buffoon. Um, in this, it's he's going back and forth from buffoon to not buffoon, from like scene to scene, rather than like two-thirds buffoon, one-third hero. Where yeah. Or one kind of bad writing, where it's, you know, consistent-ish, you know, it's it's just making a half-assed effort at like fulfilling the arc it kind of knows it's supposed to fulfill. Whereas here, it feels like the movie is constantly at cross-purposes with itself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 I would agree with that. And 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 honestly, I think that's part of the reason why why this ends up being a better film than Black Knight is because you get at least half of a good movie. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. Versus where Black Knight, it's like it's like two-thirds just like what is going on? I laughed, but I understand that it's not for everyone. You know what I mean? And that's the thing. And there's a lot of like... In that way, it's kind of like a mirror. Yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. How funny is that? How funny is that? Like, 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 like the... That, that is like the... That is the... That is the the perfect synopsis of what this podcast was supposed to be. That like, the, like your version of like a, of like a... No, but wait, let me explain to you why it's good is Mirror. And my version is Black Knight. You know what I mean? That is what this I podcast was. Never really got an explanation. But well, I don't know. It was funny. What's it called? <laughs> <laughs> what else do you need? Did you not see the movie? Did you? Did you just read the Wikipedia for Black? That'd be so funny to yeah. just read the Wikipedia for Black Knight and try to. T- <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But no. But 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 I see what you're saying. Like, and. And that's the thing is that, and that's what's kind of honestly, I, I, but you know what? No, it's not tragic because you know where, so weirdly where I think you end up getting this, getting, because Martin Lawrence clearly is able to like, like inhabit that role of like a funny, but like gritty kind of like crime movie. You know what I mean? And and that is why, I, right, right, and you get that, I think, used in the best way in Bad Boys. Like, that is exactly, right? Like, like Bad Boys isn't a perfect one-to-one with, like, you know, with, like, Get Shorty and all those, of course, right? But Bad Boys is, like, it is an action movie. It is, like, you know, at times, like, a, you know, right, like, like, like a just pure, like, cop movie, right? But, sure where it's also a comedy, right? You have two... But my memory of that is... It's been a while since I've seen it, that the the comedy and the action are fairly evenly divided between Smith and Lawrence. Well, Will Smith is really yes. leading on the, the action and Martin Lawrence is really leading on the comedy. Yes, exactly. Yeah, well, 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 yes and no. Yes and no, because... Yeah, I mean, Martin Lawrence is clearly, like, the comedic... Well, I mean, Will Smith can certainly do comedy exactly exactly yeah 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 but 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 i think that's what makes it so always coming from like the perspective of the cool guy 
whereas Martin Lawrence is a little more willing to be to fully inhabit the clown. No, exactly. Um, what's it called? No, no, no. I think I think you're correct in that assessment. Say something real quick. Hello. Hello. I didn't want to hear your beautiful voice. No, definitely wasn't checking my audio. Uh, yeah, no. Um, no, 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 no. Uh, um, I mean, that's the thing. Is that like... So... I really like this movie. Um, including some of the stupider scenes. The pizza box scene is a tough scene. <laughs> I will say. <laughs> that's a tough scene. Right, right. And you kind of... but, But... And that's the thing, though, right? Is that like, is that like, these were movies that were made to be stupid, and just you knew that they were going to make X amount of dollars, right? Because you knew people were going to go, um, oh man, the drummer for the Foo Fighters just died. Okay, I like the Foo Fighters anyway, uh, sort of. Um, I, I, feel, I feel like that's how everyone feels about the Foo Fighters. Like they're pretty good. Yeah, yeah my boss is a huge Foo Fighters fan, Weird which is thing. that's an that's an NPC favorite band. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you'd never suspect it, but I remember like at one point, like literally at work, at work, he 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 had me trying to find him a hat for the Foo Fighters, a very specific hat that was not being sold. And that was my task at work for a day, which honestly, part of the reason I want to be a lawyer is just to have, just to be able to order people around like that, just be like, I need you to find me a hat. You know what I mean? All right. And then he came over to my desk to, to work on that project with me. And I was like, don't you have like clients that are trying not to go to jail right now? It wasn't like, it was like a Thursday. Oh, did you freeze? Why did you freeze? No, you didn't freeze. Oh man! Oh man! Oh, I love that! Oh, I love that! Like, do you like no. dance? I love it when you dance. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, folks, if you've never seen Rob dance, Rob is such a good dancer. I don't know if I would say good. I can be enthusiastic, but I don't know if I would say good. No, 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 no. You are good. No, no, no. You are someone. If there is a dance situation that is happening, there is a dance style situation that is happening. You, you you could you 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 would you would love to have Rob there. Rob will enthusiastically dance with passion and pizzazz, I will say. What's it called? Right. Unlike unlike certain people that have been on this podcast who like a child, like a child, refuse even when they're dance at a wedding. Refuse to dance at a wedding for like his like like if not his best friend, one of his closest friends. You know what I mean? With his we don't have to get into it. You don't have to get into with people with with me, all right? Me begging him to come out. Well, I mean, that's the real last straw. How could he turn you down? I know, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I didn't want to get into other people because I thought that might be too real, but uh <laughs> fuck you, Jared. What is your problem? Why don't you dance at Tim's wedding? What are you doing? Anyway, god damn it. What's it called? I danced at Tim's wedding. I danced too much at Tim's wedding. But anyway, point is Blue Street. Um, man, I don't know. It's it's it's. I mean, there's not there's not a ton to say about it. It is a fairly no. movie, but yeah, 
it's 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 a it's a movie. You know what it is? It's like it's like it's it, it kind of. I don't know that it was one of those movies, but you know, like those movies that were just on Comedy Central all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Then, like you and know, like, you watch it and you're like, I'm not totally mad. I saw that, but I didn't. You know, I didn't need to watch it. Yeah, 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 yeah. What was there? A, 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 you know, and of course, it's a tight ninety, which we love, right? You know what I mean. This would have been a rough two-hour movie, I'll say. Yeah. You know what I mean? But 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 you know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those movies like, well, all right, an hour and a half of my time. Not the not the worst way to spend it. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, but like also like, if Blue Streak is your favorite movie, it's a weird choice. It's a weird choice. Like like. The other guys, just go watch the other guys. The other guys is there are a number of action comedies out there for you. The the other guys, honestly, man, that's such a good movie. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you, Rob. Um, you know, you know, so when we do this. Uh, I always think I have to have some sort of like Rob level preparation uh, for my movie uh, and give some sort of Rob level uh, uh, um, uh, presentation about my movie. And here's the thing. First off, did not do that much research and work into this. Probably could have, have literally never done that. Right. Uh, But also, I don't know how you could. I don't think you could about the movie Blue Streak give that sort of, you know, background uh, in director and in um, motion. I mean, I think we could just do more of what we already did a little bit, which is talk, you know, about sort of the, the historical moment that it arrived in and how that's changed. And, you know, we could go deeper on all of that, but like, you know... I don't think that we need to like we talk well, more. We can talk more about the arc of Martin Lawrence's career, get deeper into his persona. But like, we've covered a lot of that. Like, we wouldn't be breaking any new ground. Like, no, yeah, no, we've literally that that that's the thing, and that's what I'm starting to realize about. Because Rob recently basically asked me, like, "Hey, we need to we need to crack <laughs> his head to the side." He's wondering what he said. What's he going? Rob Rob had a lot of thoughts on the. Uh, no, nah, never mind. Uh, no, 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 no. But kind of like you know, but 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 I think kind of some constructive criticism about like, hey, why don't you pick another type of movie? You know what I mean, right? Right. And, but like, yeah, but like, but like, but like, right. And I remember like when you brought that to me, I was kind of like, another type of movie. You know what I mean? But like, but like, but like, I fully understand it now. Uh, what you're talking about because like, yeah, literally, like. A lot of the movies I pick are basically, it's like, okay, this is just another one of these. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like we talked about, between like 1995 and like 2005, basically, they just made a shit ton of these movies. They're just like, all right, all right, all right. We have like a, a, we, we have like a, 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 a household name in at least some households, right? And this is an era wherein people will do this thing that I don't think they do anymore. Right. And I think we talked about this with Jared. We will just go to the movie theater without a movie in mind and then just pick something that looks good. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, like I just 
I, I, I mean, maybe that still happens in like certain parts of the country and certain like older people do that. But I just don't think that happens really as much anymore, at least as much as it used to. Because I certainly remember, I certainly remember that being a thing I did with my parents, right? Or, or, or like as a teenager where we would just go to the movie theater, we would just go to Regal Cinemas and we would just be like, Oh, all right. Yeah, let's go see. Hey, what do you think of that? We would like debate which movie we we're going to see right. at the theater, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I think that's... I mean, it was, I, building off of what we were talking about with Jared last time, like uh, some of that is... Um, I don't know, I, real? That's not the right way to put it. I mean, some of it is like, you know, economics. Um, yeah. These cost a lot more. But I... Yeah. And, you know, maybe, like, I don't really buy the argument that people don't want to go out to the movies anymore. No, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, if, if there is, I think if there is one thing the last two years have proven, it's that people are desperate to leave their homes. They will literally risk death to do it. Um, oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But I think that the movie industry has done a lot to discourage that type of behavior. Um, I don't know about necessarily intentionally, but one, again, just movies are more expensive. That's going to discourage that. Um, and that's, I mean, that's not, they have risen past the, the prices have risen past the point of inflation. Um, yeah. They started to rise significantly in the early 2000s when theaters converted um, from film to digital, which was a very expensive procedure, you know, replacing all of your projectors and all of your infrastructure costs a lot of money and they had to spend a lot to get there, <clears throat> which is going to raise the ticket price. Three, that I think ended up backfiring in a way because it adds to that argument of, well, you know, which I think is bullshit, but of it looks just as good at, at home. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, 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 no. I, I, I don't think that is a thing people actually believe. I think it is a thing certain people say. You know what I mean? Like, like, like I don't... I think it is much closer to the truth than it needs to be because one, digital projection just doesn't look as... I mean, it, there are people yeah. who use digital cinematography very well. I'm not, not, not like an, an anti... Like, digital cinema purist but like of course the, the thing that it really did is eliminate projectionists yes there's no longer anyone essentially doing any kind of quality control on the images so the images at theaters often do kind of look like shit because one because no one's paying attention and two because again just as an, a short-sighted economic thing most of them don't replace their bolts like yeah. all at all. So most movies are under projected. They're very dim. You know, yeah. movies yeah. often look like shit a little bit. Um, and they don't have, yeah. to. if you go see a movie, like a theater that gives a shit, like the AFI in Silver Spring, which does a lot of projection on film and, you know, employs projectionists and is, you know, like an art house theater that like cares about its image. Like they look great. Like there is no comparison. Um, yeah. And I never heard of that one. The AFI? Yeah. No, I must have gone and seen... Well, wait, where is it? It's in Silver Spring? Yeah. Um, right near the uh, the Black Cat. Do they show mainstream films? Some, yeah. I mean, they do... 
like um they'll do some first run movies um usually it's like more indie or foreign stuff like they show some you know okay 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 yeah okay okay never mind it's a, i'm thinking of a different one um what's it called you ever get a landmark bethesda yeah um how do you feel about that one i mean i like the, i mean their selection for a long time was good it's gotten a little iffier like they've kind of I mean, for a long time, they were, like, a foreign and ind- independent, like, theater. They still do some of that, but there's also, like, you know, they mix in a lot of, like, Spider-Man and shit now. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I, that was a... I think that, that that's also worth mentioning because that theater chain is owned by a independent distributor. I think Magnolia. Um yeah, I think you're right. Whose business model was essentially if we buy our own chain of theaters, um, and this is something they did like, I don't know, seven, eight, maybe 10 years ago, they bought a chain of theaters so that they could shorten the distribution window um, between when a movie comes out in theaters and when it comes out um, for rental. Um, because for a long time, you could not... Um, studios could not limit or shorten the window from, I believe it was originally 90 days between them. Because uh, theater, if, if the window was going to be less than that, theaters just wouldn't show up. They're like, this is a hard and fast rule for us. Like we as a business cannot survive if you cut it shorter than that. So we will not show your movies. And Magnolia's way around that was to buy a chain of theaters. So they could just always, you know, even if they ignored that, they could, they would still have a theater chain. Um, and that is another example of the ways that the studios have shot themselves in the foot of giving more, you know, making it easier for people to say, I'll just wait for it to come out on video. You know, yeah. Seeing that window. And the last thing I will say in terms of why people don't just go to the movies and pick a movie when they're there anymore is because there's less variety. Like you could, yeah. you could go to the movies and just pick a movie because there would be 12 different kinds of movies, you know. You have a romantic comedy and a horror movie and a you know regular comedy and a drama and a thriller and an action movie. Um, and you know, there is a buffet to choose from, and some of them would be good, some of them would be bad, but there would probably they would all be, you know, movies like um, Yeah. And there'd they, all be people going out there trying to make a movie of a specific genre. Yeah. There's there's this sort of um uh, Barry Jenkins, the uh, director of Moonlight, um, had this tweet a while back where he was um, just on a plane and watching, I think it was The Bone Collector. And he was just like a totally forgettable, like late 90s, early 2000s thriller. Like, this movie looks better than like any studio movie of the last 10 years, almost. Just because there was a, because the movie had any, every movie had to stand on its own. There was a level of care and craft that went into it that like you just don't get in a lot of movies now because they function like primarily as advertisements for seven other things and like they're you know cultural obligations that don't really need to make any you know they don't need to fulfill any artistic purpose like most like the, the thing that I personally don't understand is people being like the one movie I have to see in theaters is like a, a Marvel movie or a big superhero movie because they look like ass they do yeah. just as good on my TV because there's no thought put into the cinematography. Like they're yeah. all filmed on like Atlanta backlots where like everything is green screen. 
Like if you yeah. look at like production photos from any of those movies, it'll be like a shot of someone in an apartment and the whole apartment is fucking green screen. They don't even have sets. Yeah, yeah, because it's cheaper. Because it's cheaper and that means that like you can't light it. You can't frame anything. There's no yeah. thought put into the actual visual medium that that that's what film is it is a series of images and they're completely disinterested in image yeah and it's so it's so funny i saw a tweet recently uh um that was talking about like 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 the early movies that were shot entirely on green screen right mm-hmm. and like and like how different the thinking at the time was for how we were going to like do this you know what i mean right because those are movies i forget what they were um uh, um uh, the only one i remember was sky captain in the world of tomorrow yeah. but yeah the, you know what I, the attack of the clones and one of the Sith yeah. ones yeah 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 but but it literally was just like okay we literally cannot do this another way you know what i mean there was literally the the the, the, the material of the movie we are working with is to a scale that we cannot like 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 that it would be like 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 ben her level like 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 set design you know what i mean and and we just can't kill that many horses you know what i mean right like like, like it wasn't and now like we said it's a fucking apartment you know what i mean like 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 and 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 you know, right, 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 and, and 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 of course, you know, right, right. You could accuse us of being nostalgic because, like, because like the last great era of that was like when we were younger, right? Was when we were like, you know, like kids or like early teens, right, or in our teens. You know what I mean? The world, you know, had a little bit more problems. We hadn't been as beaten down by existence as we are now as thirty-year-old men. But well, you're thirty. I'm thirty-one. But, but. Like, like I'm going to see a movie tomorrow. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm going to see a movie tomorrow. And I'm not, I mean, I'm excited, but I'm not excited the way I was. And that might be nostalgia. You know what I mean? But I'm not excited the way I was like back in the day when we were going to see a movie. Because partially because it was kind of like, I don't know what movie we're going to see. Right. You know what I mean? Versus like, I know what movie I'm seeing tomorrow. I, I talked to the person about and we already decided what movie we're going to see tomorrow. And really, it's the only movie really to go see right now. You yeah. know what I mean? Seeing the Batman. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Going to go see the Batman. Because you want to know what? I literally could not tell you another movie that's still out. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the thing. Like you know, you have, that's, whenever you go to the theater, like, you have your one big tentpole movie that feels like it's an obligation. Maybe a couple of, like, older ones that are still playing, and then, like, you know, six movies that, like, this someone just shat out and they needed to fill a couple theaters. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think anyone, like, put, I mean, I don't, I haven't seen it. I don't want to, like, disparage anyone's work, but, like, it doesn't, just from what I've the little bit I've seen of it and you know the, the response I've read to it doesn't it it doesn't feel like the process that went into like dog the Channing Tatum movie was like you know we need to 
bring our A game to this. You know, this needs to be a, a movie that needs that can stand on its own. It's like we need to we need to fill a theater. You know. Yeah. We, we yeah. need counter programming. Like you know whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, always been those kinds of movies. It just it feels like the middle is gone. Like the, the heart of it is gone. Like, and I don't think the way people talk about that happening also often feels like they're just describing like gravity, like it's just inevitable. And I don't think that's true. I think it is a decision that was made um, that um, we'll make, and I don't even, I don't disagree with this thinking. I, I don't know. I'm not a fucking McKinsey consultant. I can't quibble with the economics of it, but just that the way to maximize our profit is to like create, you know, a multi-stream revenue machine you know, that can you know, generate 20 movies and with theme park rides and TV shows and action figures and whatever. And that, but I don't really believe because it's never been true. I don't think the situation is so inevitably different that it wouldn't be true now. That just making, not even necessarily good movies, but just because they didn't always make good movies and it's not always good movies that make profits, sometimes bad movies do, that's, you know, whatever. But just making movies, like that's always been profitable. You make movies, yeah. you promote them, because that's the difference. Like I know, like there's this whole kerfuffle with like you know this, and this this happens every year that when they announce the Oscar nominations and no one's ever heard of them, you know um, that they're fucking elitist snobs who only care about these art movies, and not a single one of them is an art movie. Like they're all, no. they are populist movies there we're talking about like musicals and romantic comedies and westerns and thrillers and like fucking coming of age movies like populist movies like hollywood movies that but we're all released to like you know by like not not fox but like fox searchlight you know by they're like you know subsidiary arms that like only exist to like make movies that will play in like 12 cities and then have an Oscar campaign. Like the reasons no one has seen Licorice Pizza is because no one tried to get any, anyone to see Licorice Pizza, you know? And yeah. it, like, it's a deeply entertaining movie. Like I went and saw it with, you know, Grace, who is in no way like a cinephile, you know? And she loved it. Like it's, it is an entertaining, like regular ass person movie that like, you know, just got dumped in like, a couple hundred theaters for like with no real promotional campaign because it was released by neon you know yeah it it, it was like you know mgm was like involved in the the production distribution at some point but even mgm is like that's not really a they're not a major distributor anymore they're like you know no. one of amazon's tertiary products you know yeah oh mgm it's amazon now yeah just recently um oh geez yeah yeah, yeah. That that's I mean that's the other thing though, right? About it is that like is that like, you know, you still had like like multiple major studios kind of producing their own thing. And now like, you know, like I mean like more and more, I mean I mean well, well not more and more. There are now just fewer and fewer. I mean, Amazon has its own, you know, you know, all of the uh streaming services all have their own studios, right? I, I guess except for like Hulu, right? Well, who does? Amazon, Netflix. And then there's Disney, right? And then like Disney keeps buying like more and more product, you know? I mean, I mean, for the longest time, like Star Wars was an independent, I mean, Lucasfilm was independent. You know what I mean? And now, nope, 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 no, that's Disney. 
You know what I mean? Um, more and more shit is Disney, more and more shit is Amazon, right? And as you see the 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 monopolization of 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 I mean, and we're not just talking movies, we're talking about entertainment, like visual entertainment as a whole, right? Movies, TV, everything. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's that's the final piece of it, which is that I don't think this is this is verging on the conspiratorial thinking, but I don't I don't think they actually want you to go to movie theaters because well, if you go to a movie theater, the company they have to split the profits with the theater chain. Yeah, and you know now that every every conglomerate has their own streaming service, they want you to just go there because they they get to keep all the profits from that. Yep. Um, That's why you hate it when I watch these movies on my phone. <laughs> and you know it's like all of this comes down to you know movie movie distributors are not independent you know this all comes down to whether or not the ceo of comcast or at&t or whoever else owns you know the distributor is going to make a dollar 12 or a dollar 14 you know yeah yeah and and, and- and those are like the type of margins we're talking about. We are talking about like, you know, right? And yeah, and yeah, and yeah, that gets blown up into, you know, that yeah, that 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 you know, it ends up being like way more on the whole. But like you're talking about margins that are like, you know, and obviously we're biased, right? You know, as people that love this medium and this art form so much, but like we really are talking about like 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 the deliberate killing of the i mean this is this is i mean this is just i mean like this is people shooting fucking buffalo out the side of a fucking train you know what i mean you know this is what this a beautiful majestic creature right that you know yes and that's the thing that's the thing about a buffalo you kill a but you know ever seen a buffalo in real life see how big a fucking buffalo is you know what i mean listen you can harvest that bad boy down for so much meat and fur and every like 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 killing a there is a point to killing a buffalo sure but they're just shooting out the side of the fucking train because they're bored at this point right like these these companies do not need to yes it's all about increasing profit but there's already making huge profits Every major company is making huge profits across this. We had a goddamn pandemic and all of them made more profit. No one's profits went down except for fucking movie theaters. That's who got like, like, like movie theaters and like, and like, you know, like small businesses, right? That's who got hit real hard by this shit. And then what are they doing? They're like, yeah, yeah, see, look, everyone's happy going, going inside. And, and, and the beautiful thing and why I agree with you on this point and why I think that, 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 that there is, you can maybe have a scintilla of fucking hope about this whole thing, right? Is that the resounding, what, what happened when movies were started opening back up, people went back to the movies. People went out. A, a, a large proportion of people said, oh yeah, no, I'll just watch it at home, right? But like, like I watched Dune at home and, and I did that because I couldn't find the time to go out to the movie theater, right? You know what I mean? And it, and it is a genuine regret of mine. You know what I mean? That I didn't see Dune in the theater. And I, and I remember while I was watching it, I was like, I am doing this wrong. And I knew that. And, and that's not, 
I'm not the only person I've talked to who had that experience. I don't know a single person who saw Dune on their TV and didn't think I should have gone to the theater. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that still exists. There still is that. Listen, I am going to see the Batman tomorrow because the person I'm seeing it with loves Batman. You know what I mean? And I care for them. So we're going to see the Batman. You know what I mean? And because I love Robert Pattinson and Paul Dano, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I got to, right. I'm curious. You know what I mean? I want to know this. Like, but like, I mean, honestly, yeah, I would rather see literally anything else. You know what I mean? Depending on what else is out, you know? But alas, alas, the sacrifices we make for love. I'm going to see the Batman. I'm going to go see three hours, three hours of the Batman. A movie that I've heard, it's fine. Okay, well, and that is why we can no longer have Blue Streak, I guess. That's right. That's, That's yeah. right. That's the grand. That is, yeah. yeah. The, it, the, 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 the death of movies like Blue Streak to the death of Cinema Pipeline. Yeah. It's real, folks. Yeah. Listen, if Hollywood starts making Blue Streaks again, like, honestly, that would be fantastic. Yeah. I mean, that would like, be genuinely. A, a sign of a, at least, you know, a, some diversity within the industry. And that would be nice. You know what we just need to do? We need to cutthroat our way to the top. I'll take I'll take MGM. You take Fox. Well, no, not MGM anymore. You, yeah, and not Fox anymore. That's just Disney. Oh fuck! Who are the Who are the independent ones? That was Paramount. Uh, Paramount, I think, is owned by Viacom. Uh, Jesus fucking Christ! Yeah, no, none of them are independent anymore. God fucking damn it! Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. I'll get to the top of Disney. No, you know what? Actually, no, they like Jews there now. Okay, I'll take Disney, right? Because I have kids, so that's my in. You take Viacom. Okay, yeah, that'll be easy. Well, let's get on that. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do. It. Why not us? Yeah, no, I can't think of any good reasons. But yeah. Anyway, so you wanted to find some extra meat on the blue streak bone, and there you go. There's always meat on the complaining about the sad state of the industry. Yeah. Is this is this every podcast we do where we just end up talking about how much it how much it because every movie I pick is from like the last time that 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 movie theaters were like good. Well it's it's nice to know that you and I do agree uh on some key philosophical points with Andre Tarkovsky, namely that things were only good when I was a child. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no yeah yeah we're children yeah 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 in the early 2000s everything was great and normal regular stuff i mean even the superhero movies were better i mean not all of them you get your daredevils and such but i mean those raimi spider-man good stuff man good stuff man i saw i saw daredevil in the theater and i almost saw the spin-off electra in the theater and my dad went we were at the movie theater and i said I mean, I guess there's a lecture, and he said, absolutely not.
late. We got it. We got to move towards a conclusion. So let's just do one movie each of what we've been watching. Just to... oh, I've watched. Oh, here, let me start actually. Okay, because mine's easy. No, watch no movies. I've just been watching Vikings. Okay, I've watched so much Vikings, and like so much Vikings. So, okay, so we had to delay this recording because you could not find time to watch Mirror. So that that just meant apparently that you were watching Vikings instead. That's good to know. Well, no, well, no, Vikings easier to watch because it's in English mostly. Uh, Yes, that means it takes less time. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have to totally pay attention to Vikings. It's just they're fighting. I just I just kinda here's what I do. Here's what I do. I put on Vikings and I do my work. And then when there's a battle scene, I watch that. Then I go, all right, back to back to work, right? When they're just talking and shit. So that's how I watch Vikings. You you kind of do the Trump blood sport cut with Vikings. Yeah. You don't or just don't pay attention. Yeah, yeah, no. and I tried to do that with mirror and it was impossible. Yeah, not not nearly enough head splitting of that. Yeah. No, 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 not nearly enough. Um, but uh, yeah, no, no, no. Vikings, pretty good show. There's a lot of rape in that show. I mean, unfortunately, that seems fitting. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing about Vikings that I kind of, I'm, I'm like, listen, Vikings, like, cool, except for all of the rape. I feel like when people talk about Vikings as a problematic faith. Yeah, like kind of, yeah. Because Vikings undeniably kind of cool, but like, but like, like I was just watching this episode and they literally just have a scene where they basically imply, you know, I don't want to talk about rape anymore. Fine by me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, yes, I've been watching uh, Vikings. Uh, What's it called? Right, well, I was actually going to talk about the Batman, but I don't want to do that now because you're about to see it, and I wanted to get into some spoiler stuff, so we can save that for later, later maybe. But I actually liked it. I mean, it's okay. it's you know it's like weighted by like you know like we don't need any more Batman's. There's no reason for this to exist. The world can function quite nicely on the Batman it has already accrued. We our strategic reserves of Batman are overflowing, but like. All of that so much Batman. All of that being said, like, you know, and as much as like I just ranted against like the overabundance of like franchise property, like it's a movie that's made with some craft. I'll say that. Um okay. but um anyway. You know what's wild to think about? Just real quick. <laughs> How many years was it between because what was it? Because what's the order of the Batman? Uh, it's 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 you have fucking okay okay you have Adam West right and then how many years between that and then fucking Michael Keaton and then how many years between that and then who's the next one was it Clooney or was it Kilmer? Uh, Kilmer then Clooney, but Kilmer those and Clooney are, right? But those are kind of all in one continuity. Like yes, yeah, obviously yeah yeah yeah. They change pretty significantly in tone from Burton to Schumacher, but they're supposed to be one franchise. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then, but then, but then, but then you have fucking, uh, what is it? Bale, Affleck, and now Pattinson in what feels like pretty quick succession. Am I wrong? Okay, so between Batman and Robin, the final 
entry in you know that initial run of it, which was ninety seven. Batman Begins is 05. So that's eight years. Okay. Dark Knight Rises is 2012. So if you don't count Affleck, which I don't know that you really should, because he, he never got a solo film. You know, he just kind of pops up in other people's films. It's been 10 years between Batmans, which is longer than... Um, See, I think, I think you have to include Affleck because clearly, clearly, the, 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 the intention was to have a standalone Batman franchise with Affleck that, that, that just due to public outcry was, yeah. was shit can. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, I will, I mean, I, mean, I think that's the in a way the biggest argument against Affleck is just no one cared you know it mm. made no impact um mm. what, what no one cared or people really cared in a negative way yeah yeah but w- what I will say it, I do not need any more Batmans but was convinced by this Batman you know all, with all of the caveats I mentioned but was you know was uh, was ultimately swayed but what I will say, I never, <clears throat> ever, until my dying day, want to see another Joker. I'm done with Jokers. Yeah. And that's... Yeah. I, I won't get into that, but I'm done with Jokers. I do not need... No. There, in, there have now been... <laughs> too many. Too many Jokers. We yeah. have two definitive Jokers already. I mean, the Ham- if you want to get into like the animated series, Hamill was pretty good on that. Oh, Hamill, incredible Joker. Yeah, that's plenty of Jokers. We're good on Jokers. Please stop. Yeah, making- yeah, yeah. I know you didn't really like Joker, um, but I felt like Joker was a pretty good capstone in terms of like, all right, here you go. All right, all right. You got basically your Joker version of the Dark Knight. You know what I mean? Which was already had the Joker in it. You know what I mean, right? But, 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 okay. but, but. Just, do you mind if I spoil something about the Batman? Yeah, I don't care. It ends with them setting up the Joker again. I was, I was so mad. I was furious. I'm like, there, that means that they're off now. Three. Like, I, I, I don't know if we're getting another Leto. I don't know if we're getting another yeah. Joaquin. But theoretically, there are three working Jokers right now. That's insane. Yeah, that's... Many that's... The guy that they got playing the Joker, I'm like, I like him. It's uh, Barry Keegan, the um, skeevy um, mercenary guy, or the scavenger guy from The Green Knight. Like, he's cool. Yeah. That actor. I think in an absence of any other historical jokers, he would make a good joker. But I just I three jokers? We need three jokers as a society. It's too many jokers. That's, that's too many that's jokers. So many jokers. Yeah, no, 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 no. You do not need that many jokers. You do not need a triune joker. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You do not need a triumvirate of jokers. No. That's right. No, 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 no. You absolutely do no and 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 
Oh man, that's uh, you know what's so funny. You know what's so funny is I already know Emily's gonna be so excited when she sees the. <laughs> she she loves Batman. She was like she was like she she was like because I think I was kind of like she was like she 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 was like she was like you're a lot like Batman and I I laughed. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess we're just doing Batman talk. So I'll just I'll say again, I really liked it. I mean, imperfect movie. It's it's definitely too long, but like I also don't entirely know what I would call. Um but I, I also I just like the take on the character because they really do lean hard into just this is a rich weirdo with money and like yeah. severe psychological problems. It's a deeply, deeply emo take on him. Um and like part of one some of the places it gets awkward is when it gets into the like, you know, this familial trauma stuff in a way that's kind of hand fisted. Like there's a scene of him telling Alfred, like, you're not my real dad, which is just, you know, pretty, pretty iffy. But like, but just I like the, generally the conception of the character as like someone who like is not honestly that good at being Batman in a lot of places. Like, um, like there's my favorite scene in the movie is there's a scene where he's like he's fleeing from some cops and runs up to a building like to the top of the building to like jump off and like you know extend his bat wings and fly away and he runs up to the edge and like stumbles and gets scared because he's afraid of heights like yeah which is just such, yeah. a, such a cool like i don't know little details like this is just a dweeb like, this is a, this is a dweeb, yeah. like severe psychological problems who's like bitten off more than he can chew yeah um, yeah, yeah. Kinda, can, kinda, it, looks, it looks like he like hand stitched his own. Like you can see like the the leather stitching on his his stuff. Like it's I don't know. Yeah. Enough like that, there's enough craft in it. Like it it does actually look really good. Like it, it leans very heavily on like brown, yellow, red, gray like color spectrum that a lot of like dark movies use. But like it it shoots it well. Like it I think it like it not the shit on the guy, but it, it kind of puts Slater to shame. Like, this is how you film that. Like, this can work, but, like, yours kind of just looks like a nothing sludge, and, like, there's artistry here. Um, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Not to shit on the guy that is, that is like, widely regarded as, like, actually a pretty good guy to work for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I don't like any of his books, but... <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. Always sucks when you find out a guy's, like, a good guy, but it's, like... What's it called? Actually, you know what though? No, because my favorite director, what's it called? Quentin Tarantino, I think is the only person that has been like, no, this shouldn't pardon Roman Polanski. So there you go. There you go. There you go. And and he's done nothing else wrong besides uh, nothing. <laughs> he's he's done nothing. He's a, a, a notoriously regular man. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, 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 listen. Uma and Sam both gave him respective passes for those things, so we're okay. Yeah, there you go. So yeah. Anyway, I liked the Batman. Sue me. I, I'm a, I'm a land of contrasts, but um, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, well, I mean, I think that goes to like, it goes to like, 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 just making an effort. You know what I mean? Like just making, and I think that that is why. I mean, I hate that you know, it's kind of like, oh, are you a DC or Marvel person? 
But while I always be kind of more sympathetic to DC, not always because we saw the Snyder cut. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but like I feel like on the whole DC movies tend to try some things and Marvel it is just like you said all on a green screen in, in 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 Atlanta. You know what I mean? Just like yeah, yeah, yeah. So so the one, the one, just real quick, the one other movie I'll mention yeah, because I had queued up mentally when I was preparing to transition away from the Batman, but just a uh, movie I saw recently that was great, Bull Durham, fantastic movie. I was almost, I was almost going to assign it to you this for next time, but um, yeah, is that the one? Is that the one where you like? So it's it's a no. movie set in the minor leagues. Um, it's kind of a, a okay. love triangle um, with uh, Kevin Costner, who's like a career minor leaguer, who's like never, you know, he's a periodically appeared in the big leagues, but never like really broken through. He spent most of his career in the minors, and uh, he gets a, he's a catcher who's assigned a men- mentor Tim Robinson, who's like an up and coming phenom, who's like if he can like figure out some like self control, will be like a you know a star major yeah. sooner rather than later. Um, it's just, I don't know, like there should be more movies about the minor leagues. Like I know pe- people generally are not interested in like cut rate, second place loserdom, but I don't know. I find that really compelling. Just this like no. purgatorial exis- existence of like, you know, being stuck in this place. that's really just a waiting room. Like there's yeah. something very interesting about that. Oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. There absolutely is. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to remember who this person was, but like my mom has a friend whose son is like a minor, or, or, or I don't know, is or was a minor leaguer, but like, but like pretty early after like, you know, like, like after like only like a few years in the minor league, eventually did get called up to the Cubs, mm-hmm. right? And then is like, right, as, as I want to say, a pitcher. Yeah, 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 as a pitcher. Yeah, because what ended up happening was, was that he put him in a game and he like immediately gave up like three runs. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like immediately. And then just, yep, got busted right back down. Yeah. Like, like next day they were like, you're going back. Yeah. And then just never made it back to the majors. Yeah. So, yeah. Which is like, which is like such a tragic thing. Because, you know what I mean? Because at the same time, also like some of my greatest memories growing up was going to, were you a Frederick Keys family? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, weirdly, you know what I was? I was a Bowie Bay Sox family. Yeah, that's kind of your other option, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the, yeah, I didn't even know Frederick had a team. Well, they did. Did they play the Bay Sox? I don't know. I mean, that's one one thing about the minors, like the um, the like some are like impenetrable, like not oh, even, yeah, not even like single double triple a like that's pretty easy to understand but like you know the carolina division the coastal i don't know you know yeah yeah just, I, just so many goddamn teams at least there were i know they did a consolidation recently that I yeah fucked over no, I, teams, but. I had a I, I had a buddy growing up who was who who because of his dad he was a fan of the brooklyn cyclones and mm-hmm. i was like i've never heard of the brooklyn and i looked them up they're like a short season double a team it was like what? 
Yeah. You're, what a what a strange league. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Although honestly, what's it called? Although honestly, it would probably be so much fun to go to a game. Yeah. Look. Yeah. Anyway, it's, yeah. it's a great movie that's like simultaneously like very cynical and very romantic about baseball, which is like the only way to approach it. Um mm-hmm. you know, understand it as like a heartbreaking business and also like, you know, also kind of the greatest thing in the world. Um yeah, 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 yeah. I I I if 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 you know there's like the McGruber test of like of like of like okay, like 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 if you want to know if a girl is really worth it. You show him a Gruber and she thinks it's funny, and you know you've got to keep her. The you know what I mean? Right? Does. Yeah, the well-known. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a great test. No, what's it called? Um, but, 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 but the other one should be if you take a human being to a baseball game and they're just like, 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 like to an in-person baseball game and they're just like, oh, it's like, all right, all right, you're because I get like being like, all right, I don't want to watch this on TV, but like if you can go to a ballpark on like a nice day and not have a good time you're a monster you know what i mean you're a fucking monster what are you talking about yeah there you go well anyway let's go nets let's go nets it is super late now so let's get to assigning each other movies you're watching mcgruber (laughs) you get right into it so and it's (laughs) you wanted to get into it it's April next month, so it is comfort food season based on our, our now couple-year-old schedule. So, yes, you are assigning me the movie apparently you judge all romantic prospects by, uh, McGruber. Mm-hmm. Has Emily yeah, passed yeah. that test? No, I was, I was literally thinking, I was like, I'm going to watch this with Emily and see how she reacts. Mm-hmm. She's yet to be measured, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who knows? And then I I'll am dump her on the spot. The colonialist adventure film, The Man Who Would Be King, from, I don't know, 70s. But. No. Who cares? Yeah. I care. It's a, it's yeah. a good film. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've heard a lot about it. Um, don't know what he's going to be king of, but I'm excited to find out. All right. Well, Jordan, Is it Africa? Yes, he's going to be the king of Africa, Matt. I don't know. It's a colonialist movie. It's either Africa or India, or like they're going to be like Siam. <laughs> well, you'll you'll just have to watch. To find- <laughs> all right. So join us next time as Matt learns all of the different countries of the British. Uh, yep. Good night. I guess. <laughs> good night. <laughs> These are the ground rules. I hook up with one guy a season. Usually takes me a couple weeks to pick the guy. Kind of my own spring training. And well, you two are the most promising prospects of the season so far. So I just thought we should kind of get to know each other. Simon, why do you get to choose? What? Why do you get to choose? I mean, why don't I get to choose? Why doesn't he get to choose? Well, actually, nobody on this planet ever really chooses each other. I mean, it's all a question of quantum physics, molecular attraction, and timing. I mean, there are laws we don't understand that bring us together and tear us apart. I mean, it's like pheromones. You get three ants together, they can't do dick. You get 300 million of them, they can build a cathedral. (laughs) 
So is somebody going to go to bed with somebody or what? Honey, you are a regular nuclear meltdown. You better cool off. <laughs> Wait, where are you going? After 12 years in the minor leagues, I don't try out. Besides, uh, I don't believe in quantum physics when it comes to matters of the heart. What do you believe in then? Well, I believe in the soul. The cock, the pussy, the small of a woman's back, the hanging curveball, high fiber, good scotch, that the novels of Susan Sontag are self-indulgent, overrated crap. I believe Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. I believe there ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing AstroTurf and the designated hitter. I believe in the sweet spot, softcore pornography, opening your presents Christmas morning rather than Christmas Eve, and I believe in long, slow, deep, soft, wet kisses that last three days. Good night. Crash. Hey, Annie, what's all this molecule stuff? Crash. <laughs> Crash, wait. Look, all I want is a date. I'm not going to fall in love with you, man. I'm not interested in the woman who's interested in that boy. Good night. Well, I'm not interested yet. Who are you calling a boy? See you at the yard, me. Damn, nobody's ever said no to a date with me before.